Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Culp Option Podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, listen to up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, or give us something to discuss in our new post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Richard, let's get this out of the way first um, for this yes. entire podcast, however long it may may be. We will not do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Uh, that is tough. the challenge. What do you think? Can we do other impressions? I think so. I think we should jam pack this <laughs> episode of the podcast with every other impression or funny voice we can think of that yeah. is distinctly not a Schwarzenegger impression. The lowest hanging of yeah. the low hanging accent impression. Okay, fruits. let's do some accent. <laughs> I'll be back um, because it's it's so tempting, and I feel like what in what must be the five hundredth podcast ever recorded on the subject of Terminator or Arnold Schwarzenegger in general, you've heard everyone can do it we can do it i assure you but we're not going to i am it's one thing because it's interesting just speaking of impressions i when i maybe like 10 years ago i would like really prided myself in being quite good at impressions and would like work on them and get better and now it's i I find it so much funnier to be really bad at them um (laughs) and it's like it's like the cultural shift in the last, you know, 10 or so years, how it's become like the cool thing is to brag about having a really small penis rather than a really big mm. one. Um, yeah. And I think that there's maybe there's something more humble about being really bad at impressions. So mm. I we agreed on this uh, earlier in the week to do this as a challenge for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but boy, howdy, have I been doing the worst Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions all <laughs> week leading up to do- this just to get them out of my system. If one of us does do it, we like lose a point or something. There could be some kind of, okay. we'll let out the people on our discord can just decide. In fact, if anyone from the discord is listening, if anyone, I know they will be. <laughs> um, if, if we do it and we don't realize it and aren't caught up on it, I want you guys to, to note gas cadet. <laughs> <That's your job. laughs> Use a gas cadet. This is your job to to <laughs> note down if we ever make an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Mike, the crown jewel in my impression uh, crown is my Hank Hill from King of the Hill. Oh yeah. Um, which this is how this is my Hank Hill. <clears throat> We're Christians and we don't do that. Dang it, Bobby! What? No, I sell propane. All right. Um, mine is uh, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> And he goes, mm. hello, welcome to the Muppet no, Show. No, he just did it. What? Or is that, that just an intentionally bad? That's my Kermit. Okay. I don't know if I like this loophole. <laughs> I set it up perfectly as well. So you go back and listen. I'm bad at impressions. <laughs> welcome to Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cold Popture podcast, everybody. My name is AJ and I'm joined by Richard. 
Um, and this is a podcast where for going on in our fifth season now, uh, we've been watching every film franchise known to man. Some you've never heard of. Some like, man um, didn't even know about. <laughs> yep. And some you have heard of, like The Terminator, <laughs> which is the, the franchise that we are finally in year four, season five, we're finally doing The Terminator franchise, which is one of those big, significant ones that when you're talking about film franchises, you can't not talk about The Terminator. Uh, which includes six films starting in 1984 with the most recent entry being only last year in 2019. Uh, The films include The Terminator from 1984, Terminator 2 Judgment Day from 1991, Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines from 2003, Terminator Salvation in 2009, Terminator Genesis in 2015, and Terminator Dark Fate in 2019. Uh, often heralded as one of the most iconic performances of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator series also boasts a cast of several other well-known actors, from Linda Hamilton to Robert Patrick, the two most yeah, well-known Yeah, Linda actors. Hamilton of the Terminator fame and Robert Patrick of T2. Um, but you've also got Christian Bale, Amelia Clark. who else have you got? Bryce Dallas Howard, Anton McKenzie Yelchin Davis. shows up, Jai Courtney. Courtney mm. B. Vance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the 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 franchise also boasts some interesting directors, including uh, game changing filmmaker James Cameron and James Cameron wannabe McGee. Um, <laughs> well, the, the series contains arguably some of the greatest action blockbusters of all time. It also contains some of the most okayest. <laughs> it is somewhat important to the ecosystem of franchises as the latter four movies in the series are all attempts at being the definitive third chapter in the franchise mm. and all of, all, of, all four approach this challenge with very different techniques. It's very exciting to talk about. We've not had a franchise like this where we've had franchises where they've done the reset and they've done the ignore past sequel sequel. We've never seen the franchise do it this many times. So uh, Godzilla did it. That's true. But Godzilla had more of a congruity to it because there were like errors and the Godzilla felt like it was making an artistic choice. Terminator feels like four years after the last film, they're like, oh, that wasn't very good. Let's yeah, try yeah. that again. Uh, so, Richard, the first one we're going to talk about today is The Terminator from 1984, directed by James Cameron. Do you know what this has on Rotten Tomatoes? 100. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Terminator 1. Uh, and what is The Terminator about? All right, so The Terminator is about this terminator uh which is a futuristic uh you know robot uh, a cybernetic organism covered in human flesh i don't know he yeah. says it cooler than i do <laughs> i can't do an impression and thus I can't relate how does he say it aj <laughs> um, who is sent back in time to kill sarah connor because she is going to give birth to john connor who is going to be the leader of the human resistance. So Skynet, which is, I'm sure you hear that name a lot in the in this podcast, uh, they are like the 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 machine, the 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 the, the theoretical mm. machine that you would rage against in the future. <laughs> and so yeah, that's uh, one sort of storyline. And then at the same time, uh, Kyle Reese is sent back by the uh, human resistance to protect Sarah Connor um, because he fell in love with a picture of her 
um, because he knows John Connor in the future. Uh, and then they end up falling in love and, you know, uh, one thing leads to another uh, and they sleep together, which is the conception of John Connor. Uh, to where he's conceived. Uh, and then also, of course, they defeat the Terminator uh, by crushing him. Um, will it crush? What's the name of that YouTube channel? Welcome to the Hydraulic Press <laughs> yeah, channel. Hydraulic that is Press not, channel. that is a Russian impression, just in case anyone thinks I'm really bad at um, Austrian. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, with a Hydra, they crush the Terminator, who at this point is just a stop motion animated metal skeleton um, with a hydraulic press. Uh, the Kyle Reese dies in the final battle, and yeah. Sarah Connor, who started the story as a lowly waitress, is now somewhat battle hardened, ready to give birth to her son and face the the future, which is almost certainly um, the AI uprising of robotic death. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is such. Have you had you seen this before? Uh, I had seen the first like hour of it. I think I distinctly remember watching up until the point where Arnold has to like take his face off to repair mm. himself, uh, which is you know I'm sure very good special effects for 1984. Uh, but yeah, so it was like it was like a movie night that I'd watched mm. that at, and I had to leave or, or something like that. Uh, and then that was my only exposure to Terminator up until wow. this last week. I had never seen so- any of the sequels wow okay interesting so i'd seen the first two and i'd three was in the recesses of my mind somewhere (laughs) but i i purposely never saw the other ones because i felt even before this podcast started one day i will watch all of these yeah yeah, maybe it's one of those things that by the time something like dark fate came out it was like well you know i don't want to watch it now and then have it in two weeks for the podcast like i i tend not to watch film franchise movies on my downtime anymore. yeah <laughs> it's ruined it for me um yeah no absolutely so i had yeah so i'd seen this one once before i've seen terminator 2 twice before this podcast uh but terminator 1 i'd only seen once and man this is such a filmmaker's movie that's why it's 100 percent on ron tomatoes it's imperfect and it's it's schlocky and it's scrappy but it's so practical and basic and it's impossible to not be charmed by you yeah. know like the story's pretty good but the the special effects the the you know ground up um ground up the what am i trying to say from the you know they didn't have a lot of grassroots resources grassroots thank you the grassroots filmmaking in this is really inspiring um so that's what i think of it i think it's very cool i think it's very good um and james cameron is a director whose name i know um (laughs) so uh in rome italy I don't know if you knew that was in Italy. Uh, mm. During the release of Piranha 2, The Spawning, which was James Cameron's James Cameron, first yeah. film, um, he fell ill and had a dream about a metallic torso holding kitchen knives dragging itself from an explosion. Um, so coupled with this and an inspiration from John Carpenter's Halloween in 1978, mm. another series we've covered, um, on a low budget, Cameron used the dream as a launching pad to write a slasher-style film. Cameron's agent d- disliked the Terminator early concept of horror of it being just a straight-up horror and requested he work on something else. And after this, do you think? what do you think James Cameron did? Uh, he said, oh, well, 
And he fired he... his agent. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it is somewhat serendipitous that we are arriving at the Terminator franchise mere one, merely one fortnight after our Freddy vs. Jason, um, uh, you know, escapade. Yeah. <laughs> Triple episode. Because... You know, we've covered Halloween and we've covered Hellraiser and we've covered Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Freddy vs. Jason and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and it's not hard to see the T-800 or the mm. Model T-01, I think, um, <laughs> as an honorary member of that iconic 80s horror movie villain club. Terminator is is typically more seen as an action franchise, yeah. but the first one is quite scary in some places. Yeah, man. Hmm. Didn't scare Thank me. You. No, ne- yeah, neither. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sylvester Stallone and Mel Gibson were offered the Terminator role, but both turned it down. Uh, and in what has become a staple of funny and ironic movie trivia in the age of IMDb and Empire Magazine, <laughs> the studio suggested O.J. Simpson for the role, but James Cameron did not feel that Simpson would be a believable killer. Oh. An anecdote for the ages. One of the best anecdotes of, of in movie history. Mm. And maybe it's um, not true. Who knows? And that's a fun they, thing to just make up. Like I thought, I did. I thought maybe you were referencing the fact that OJ Simpson was found not guilty, and that's what you're like. Maybe it's not true. <laughs> no, but um, it is uh, funny as well that uh, in. Last Action Hero, Arnold Schwarzenegger's mm. film from uh, 1993, uh, Sylvester Stallone does kind of play the Terminator um, in the end because the main character goes into the world of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie uh, called um, Jack Slater 4. And mm-hmm. in the world of the movie, because Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't exist because he's too busy playing Jack Slater, um, there's like a poster where it has Sylvester Stallone as the Terminator. Interesting. That's really and cool. it's like, and so like that's his way of like proving that he's not that you know it's a movie. It's like, look, this is supposed to be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's like, no, it's Stallone. He's great. <laughs> nice. Well, um, Schwarzenegger was actually originally considered for the role of Kyle Reese, uh, and James Cameron was never really happy with this idea, and actually planned apparently to pick a fight with I've written Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I've misspelled Schwarzenegger as R. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> nice. um, he, he planned to pick a fight with him in their initial meeting uh, before realizing he'd be perfect for the Terminator. Um, and look, yeah, I get it. I get the <laughs> the appeal. That, like, I, I don't think it, it, it would be um, too shocking or offensive to not regard... To, to not regard Arnold Schwarzenegger as a particularly deep or layered actor, a talented actor. Yeah. yeah. Right? So he's not a good actor, is what I'm saying. He's a, the, the story of Arnold Schwarzenegger, which we're not going to talk about here, but it is a fascinating one of essentially an unprecedented body <laughs> like that yeah. that was cast in movies because of that reason, yeah. um, despite having a very off-putting accent to American audiences. And it's like this success story that against all odds yeah. he was able to. Well, we talked about it on the Expendables episode about how it's like this it's to Austrian audiences as well. He's con- mm. his accent's considered like a hillbilly kind of accent. So he yeah. doesn't, he yeah, doesn't exactly. do the dub in, uh, in German, um, mm. because it would just sound s- silly having this unstoppable yeah. killing machine being like, howdy y'all. Yeah, no, exactly. Which is not but an like, Schwarzenegger impression. <laughs> in the same way. I don't know. I feel like, 
um the matrix was written around keanu reeves being best when he's understated um i feel like the terminator is written so that arnold schwarzenegger being a quote-unquote bad actor it, it it adds to the role because it's a very wooden performance that is strange because of the accent it's almost otherworldly mm. um what well, and then that that comes into it more in the sequels as well exactly. that it's like yeah. he's becoming more human or he's trying to blend mm. in more whereas in this first one it's very it's a robotic performance yeah so one of the longest lasting cultural threads of the first two Terminator movies are the famous lines of dialogue which get quoted in sequels, parodies, and every film Schwarzenegger has subsequently appeared in <laughs> since the Terminator. Uh, lines like, Come with me if you want to live! Hasta la vista, baby! And of course, the forebo- foreboding, I'll be back! Um <laughs> <laughs> these lines are you know obviously some of the most famous in movie history it is interesting um, how understated i'll be back is in the first film though it is and schwarzenegger appeared on gq's actors break down the most iconic characters series yeah. thing last year did you have you seen that one uh i can't remember it is it is one of my favorite i don't know if people are into them. i'm i'm very into them but I, <laughs> they got too long so i stopped watching them um but and now they film them at home like for some reason who cares yeah 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 <laughs> arnold schwarzenegger did one um and he had this great anecdote which i think uh speaks to the talent of james cameron as a director um arnold says and i've written a little note here don't do the voice um he says this is sort of i've paraphrased it slightly but this is mostly the full quote When I read the I'll be back line, I said to Jim Cameron, it sounds weird when I say I'll be back. He says, well, how would you say it? And I said, I will be back. And he says, no. (laughs) <laughs> I think it would. It sounds better as I'll be back. And I said, but I think it's more machine-like to say I will be back. And he says, look, I don't correct your acting and you don't correct my writing, okay? Just say it ten times in a row. Just say it and say it and say it and you'll get it right and we can pick one or the other. I understand you don't feel comfortable with I'll, but let's just shoot it. So that's what we did and I thought it was a clumsy line. <laughs> I had no idea that anyone would ever repeat it. Then the movie came out and people started coming up to me and saying, say the line. And I said, what line? And they said, I'll be back. So I say, I'll be back. And they say, no, 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 no. Say it the way you say it in the movie. Now I think it's become one of the most used lines in movie history. Schwarzenegger then goes on to give a surprisingly self-aware analysis of his own accent and why people love his lines of dialogue. (laughs) Uh, But since we aren't doing impressions, it feels pointless to even go into that um but yeah i think that's james cam we've been talking a lot and this this has accidentally become something we've talked about a lot yeah (laughs) we we talked a lot on it was on the episode we just did on patreon for the nightmare on elm street behind the scenes documentary um that like wes craven gets it kevin feige gets it james cameron gets it man like you look and what, what i mean by that is like there is a rich knowledge of filmmaking and storytelling behind james cameron that it it is you know emphasized by what happens when he's not on board yeah yeah yeah. when when there are non-james cameron movies when he's stepped away from an opportunity as we'll see in the terminator sequels um you go man and then when he even 
he even looks at another sequel in development and has a shred of dignity <laughs> to it <laughs> yeah, that yeah. has not been seen since the 90s. Um, yeah, it is. So, yeah. um, like, I would love to go around and like interview writers and directors who made films that they 100% believed in um, that mm. didn't end up very good. Or even like, um, I guess it probably happens with like movies that are good, but ask them what you thought the iconic line from this movie is because i'm sure like a great there, there's so many um th- there's probably movies that have like um these lines like oh, i'll be back that it's like oh we thought everyone was going to be saying like this mm. um yeah but yeah that'd be really because th- th- i'm sure everyone on set of like a lot of mo- shitty movies go oh man this is people are gonna love this <laughs> <laughs> because i was talking to a friend recently and i was saying how like imagine you get tasked with um imagine you're imagine you're like a christopher nolan type so a director whose work is quite highly regarded by a lot of people right yeah and you get you get given terminator 7 <laughs> and you go okay i know storytelling everyone loves my films i can do this and you try your damnedest to make a good terminator 3 and everyone is just like, oh, it's not that good. <laughs> like, it must be infuriating. Yeah, um, I don't think there are any, like, <laughs> I don't think McG or, like, No, even, but like, there are some who who uh, had what skirted ter- uh, Terminator sequel that yeah. did not end up with it. There would have been a, a very interesting parallel universe to see some of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, So you mentioned that the I'll Be Back is understated in terminator one do you want to go over that and and what the context is around it well it's not like like and and this isn't interesting because for 27 years i've pictured what that line delivery would sound like although i did see it when i watched it the first time and i have Mm -hmm. seen it in clips before but um and you can't do the accent yeah but it does it does sound like (laughs) because of the the cultural importance that those three words have in that order you do expect it to be like, I think I always thought it was like at the end of the film because mm. yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is, As like, he's dying, you know, yeah. it's, it's like a promise of a sequel, and that's why mm. it was so big. But and that was how I always remembered that, like, um, because it's been in pub quizzes, like, what film does Arnold Schwarzenegger say "Hasta la vista, baby"? And it's like it's from Terminator Two because in the first one he says "I'll be back," and then he comes back to say that in the second one. Um, and that's how I always remembered which film was which. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's kind of just like he, he's at Tech Noir, the club we're chasing after Sarah Connor, and they just say like, "You'll have to come back," and he goes, "Okay, I'll be back." Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's what it is um but yeah i it is it is crazy how it's not even that i can understand them not expecting it to be um popular when they're making it although i think james cameron maybe knew yeah um but it's not even focused on it's it carries almost no dramatic weight contextually mm. in the scene um but i think the reason it sticks is because it's an inherently threatening thing to say and in their accent as well yeah the, the which we can all hear accent. in our heads we don't have to do <laughs> yeah uh, do you have any more thoughts on the first terminator movie it's very good it's a very good movie it's very good what was your favorite scene the when he says i'll be back <laughs> uh, actually i will say this though so um and this is kind of leading into as i'm presuming we're about to move on to terminator 2 Cause, yep. So Terminator 2 has quite a famous twist in it, which I, uh, well, I'll get to that in a sec, but the the reveal that Kyle Reese is 
John Connor's father. I somehow went my whole life without knowing that. Um, Not really. Like, I knew who Kyle Reese was. I knew who John Connor was. I knew who Sarah Connor was. I've known, like, a lot about these movies. And it's one of these movies that's funny to watch now because I've seen every single scene of this movie through references and, like, like Simpsons sight gags and, and whatnot. Mm. Um, but for some somehow, it never entered my uh, pop culture knowledge that Kyle Reese is John Connor's father. Interesting. Yeah. So was that a nice surprise? It was. I was like, oh. And then my my immediate thought was, that's crazy. I didn't know how that. how you and I have programmed our brains to think about movies. Yeah, like that review that said we we care more about the IMDb page than the actual movie. And I was like, that, that's a good review to me. I think that's a great way to look at the look at the the podcast. Um, yeah, it really hurt my feelings. <laughs> what do you think of the prosthetic effects? In it? So there's there's a part where the Terminator like takes apart his face and pulls a bung eye out. Um, and it's a very clearly a fake head. Do you think that still stands up? Uh, well, I, it's one of those things. Like, obviously, it does look dated. Um, yeah. But there is like, if this is actual, uh, you know, living tissue put on top of an endoskeleton, a metal metal mm. endoskeleton, um, it is like if you ripped off part of that, the face would get looser, so it would look like. Mm it's it's not stuck on properly it's not like pulled yeah. as tight so it's like there's an in-universe explanation for why it does look a little bit uncanny valley um mm. so watching it there is like a quaintness to it it's like oh that's the best you could do at the time but then at the same time it's like it's it's not remotely like movie ruining or like even really no. taking you out of the scene other than going mm. huh mm. yeah i think um and it's these other things i like about it are like it's small things like the character of sarah connor rescues herself in the end she's not saved by kyle reese and you know this was 1984 so no one's really expecting feminist icons at this stage yeah. and she kind of deli- <laughs> well thank god she can she can have a son because that's much more important than her <laughs> yeah well but but they almost they almost deconstruct that and and one of the part threes as well though um yeah. and i have a bit i have a bit more to say about sarah connor that i think will we'll add to that um yeah so that's that's the terminator arnie's the the iconic villain the terminator and it ends promising it ends it's hard to imagine there was ever a point where terminator 2 was not planned yeah because this movie is all about something happening that you aren't seeing yet right yeah 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 so, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, sometimes referred to only as T2 Ooh. in um in marketing, like promotionally it was referred to as T2, but nowhere official is it called T2. Um that came out in 1991, also directed by James Cameron. Do you know what this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh I uh it's not 100%. Hmm. Um but I I think I saw when I was looking at a list of 100 rated films the other day for some reason that um the 3D re-release has a hundred percent of Ron Tomatoes, <laughs> uh, but it's like it'd be like mid to low mid, or mid nineties. Yeah, it's ninety three, which I think is very interesting because yeah. I think this is much better than the first one. I think this is easily the best one. Uh, I think, and this is a hot take here that I've been telling all my workmates. I think this is 
one of the best movies ever made. One, <laughs> I do too. Certainly one and, of the big, and, best blockbusters. Yeah, and one of the best sequels, which is especially oh, relevant. I've written a bit more about that later that we can get to. Um, I wonder if there is just an inherent sequel bias, especially in the in the 90s when every sequel sucked. Like, if, if it's just... And maybe because it's a bit more experimental, it, that invites a bit more divisiveness. Well, I also think that reviewing films would have changed a lot between 1984 mm. and 1991 we talk a lot about Rod tomatoes and how like it uh tends to favor older movies because they weren't reviewed as much and i think there is a little mm. bit of that here that if you're you know there's probably like 10 times as many reviewers between 1984 and 1981 yeah uh, 1991 um yeah. and so i think that that's probably a little bit of it and you know there's people that love the first terminator that would have just gone in being like this one isn't going to be as good I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you have like eight years to sit on it. So, what is Terminator 2 Judgment Day, one of the best movies ever made? What is it about? So, um, it's now a few years later. Uh, it's actually, I believe it's set in 95, despite being made yeah. in 91. Um, yeah. So, it's uh, John Connor has been born. He's about almost 10 years old, roughly. Um, I think he's 12. And he is. Um, being well, well, well so, so sarah connor is locked up she's institutionalized and john connor is living with uh foster parents now uh we have two terminators come uh into the present day of the film from the future uh one is arnold schwarzenegger who you know evil from the first movie the other one is uh, played by robert patrick and that's a more advanced uh, model terminator and he is a cop, so obviously, you know, cops are good guys. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, the big kind of reveal in this film is, so obviously, you know, again, they, they're trying to kill John Connor because he's going to be the, the leader of the resistance. Uh, but the reveal in this film, um, not too far into it, um, before halfway, is that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator is a good guy now. He, he's a reprogrammed version of the T-800 who has uh been sent back in time to protect john connor this time and so it ends up becoming they they break uh sarah connor out of the institution and they end up creating this weird little family to take down the t1000 right um which is yeah. robert patrick on so it's it's specific about about halfway through the movie it turns and what it becomes about is actually stopping judgment day from ever happening yeah. so destroying the machine that will one day become a mm. terminator thus preventing the the, the, um, the start of skynet it's because it's cyberdyne industries at, the, at that point yeah. yeah yeah run by a man named miles dyson who would go on to create the dyson airblade <laughs> um <laughs> no uh, but i think yeah so it's it sort of becomes about about yeah stopping the future because Skynet uh, is is supposed to be a company that makes automated missile defense systems that become so smart they turn against yeah it's like an creators. AI it's the typical same as like Age of Ultron it's like an AI that decides that humans are aren't worth living no but- I don't I don't think it's deciding that I think it's it's the paperclip problem do you know about that uh, like um, from Microsoft Word. Yeah, do you need help writing that? No, the paperclip. <laughs> I think it's called the paperclip problem. It's 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 what a lot of like futurists have deemed as the biggest threat from AI. Is say you create a machine that its sole purpose is to make paperclips, and you say you turn off the like limiter that tells that says it's going to listen to humans, and you say 
do whatever you need to do to make paper clips it's going to eventually run out of resources to make paper clips so it's going to start ravaging the world's resources for paper clips and then once the world is out of resources for paper clips it's going to find a way to go off planet onto another planet and ravage that planet for resources to make paper clips who needs right? that many paper clips it doesn't matter. It doesn't know why it's making paper clips. It just knows that's what it needs to do. So I think it's hostile. I don't think it's a protecting humans thing. I think Skynet is hostile. Yeah, yeah. That's what it like. That's mm. what I said. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, you know, um, just like so, that humans aren't like that are, are inherently evil, and so like it's to set out to eliminate them. Right. Um, yeah. Not yeah. I use the Age of Ultron comparison, not because it's a AI designed to protect the world. Um, right. Okay. But because you know it. it, it turns against humans after learning a little bit about us mm. um so just talking about the um the the big twist in this movie which is famously was revealed in the tra- in the second trailer for the film because it had like quite a cool first teaser and then in the second trailer for it had the the get down moment right which if you've seen the movie you know that that's the kind of get the down he says <laughs> that's what the artist watching um, says and so it's one of the most famous twists in movie history. It's kind of like just common knowledge that Arnie isn't the bad guy in the second film. Do you know, I only found that twist out like six to 12 months ago. If we'd done this film, if we'd done this franchise like a year ago, that would have blown my mind. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I just, I don't remember finding this out. Like, it I, was I, I remember like, it was like. to me as a matter of fact. Yeah, it was, um, it was something about like um it was a reddit post about like you know trailers spoiling too much these days and it's and one of them was like well you have to remember that in 1991 terminator 2 spoiled the arnie's the good guy and i was like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) Mm, that's interesting that's interesting that you didn't know that Um, i I think i I must have known somehow i think maybe it wouldn't have actually blown my mind but i didn't know that it was like a twist in that movie um because obviously due to what i've seen in the trailers of like um uh, five and six it's like he's clearly on their side somehow so i, 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 I in my mind i didn't know how that all fit together right that's a good point um so for me personally this movie is the rare overlap in which a film that's seen as one of the greatest of all time i also totally agree like yeah. you know what i mean like w- when we watched seven samurai or a fistful of dollars it was like i get it i don't really like it it's not for me, but I understand why it was revolutionary. But Judgment Day is an excellent story. It's mm. got great performances. I think my favorite aspect of it specifically is the bond between John and the Terminator, the T-800. I think that's the secret ingredient which is missing from a mm. lot of the sequels. Yeah, 100%. Because that's, that's quite touching. And we were talking in Terminator 1 about how it's great to get a quote-unquote bad actor to play a robot. Do you know what a robot learning to love would sound like? Like a bad actor trying to act. Well, I can't do the voice, but I would show you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like it was. It, it would sound like someone who's not very good at acting, but is trying, and that's how he comes yeah. across. And, and well, the, the thing is as well is that like because because I keep saying like, and I have been at work being like, guys, Terminator Two is so good. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we've known for like thirty years, um, <laughs> but the um i keep saying like it's one of those things like it has everything but it doesn't actually really have like a romance it's kind of like a bromance um mm, and well, the first one's a romance th- there's so this is more something... of the father-son yeah, story. yeah 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 but it's um 
I don't know, there's something fresh to that. That whereas like the uh, original Terminator has a little bit of the like, oh, hot dude comes back in time and meets up with hot girl. Guess what's going to happen? Um, mm. Whereas this is like, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's the learning to love kind of thing, and and that's such a like rich uh, building mm. something out of nothing kind of thing. And and really like this for this film belongs on the Mount Rushmore of blockbusters next mm. to Jurassic Park and um Star Wars Star Wars yeah <laughs> just the yeah, first one Yeah no I agree <laughs> yeah um yeah I think I think it's really beautiful I love that there's the scene where he tries to teach him to smile um and he does a real goofy bad smile the so if you haven't seen this movie there's a part where john connor's crying and the terminator is like why are you crying and <laughs> anytime i do a wacky voice it's to avoid doing an arnold schwarzenegger impression just if you hadn't figured that out um and he's like shut up i'm just crying and then the line at the end of the movie because the because the t-800 after killing the t-1000 realizes he has to kill himself as well so that the technology is erased from human existence yeah. as he does it he says <laughs> he I nearly did it <laughs> he, he goes he goes i now know why you cry which has been memed to death and it's quite it is it is a silly phrase to I've, hear I've Arnold Schwarzenegger say. That, but I'd never heard that before the movie, no. Oh, wow. I think that's an excellent line and such a sweet moment. And it's fucking good filmmaking. And it's fucking good writing. And it's good acting, maybe accidentally. But it's good. <laughs> and and I, think, I think that's really special. And it's, it's such an emotional film. It's got such a heart to it that is like completely gone in all of the sequels and no one really talks about the heart of terminator 2 when talking about why it's good i think they talk about it quite superficially i think people like this movie because it's got cool action sequence which it does and it's got <laughs> big big set pieces and stuff but at the core of it is this beautiful story that um captures anyone watching it i watched this with um a friend of mine who and she she's not really that into she's movies not real. in general <laughs> she's not real she's not really into that movies in general she's certainly not into big hulking blockbuster action movies i think because sarah connor's such a fucking awesome female character yeah. and kind of like the 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 uh, template for that i wish there wasn't a template for having the basics of a cool character be female um and the fact that it's it's got a genuinely touching story i think that's what attracts people to this from all walks of life i would say because this is i feels like one of the things that people are going to comment is that I, alan ripley from alien is probably more the template and i would say that sarah connor is kind of like the you know but who directed aliens mcg <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think this is really good. Um, at the time of its release, with a budget of ninety-four to one hundred and two million, Terminator Two was the most expensive film ever made. Richard, do you know what the current title holder for that is now? Uh, it's Pirates of the Caribbean Four. It's Pirates of the Caribbean Four, <laughs> the most forgotten movie to have ever existed. Yeah, I can't believe that's still it. Like, if you look at the um the progression of it, it's overtaken every few years, and mm. then. In 2011, it just stops. And that's the last one. There is like the Hobbit trilogy is the most expensive Joint film production ventures. ever yeah. made, but it was done back to back. And when you split it over three films, same with Infinity War and Endgame. Mm -hmm. um, 
But I, yeah, that's this, insane. <laughs> this is just as insane as finding out that the highest grossing animated franchise of all time is Despicable Me. Yeah. Like it both these these titles, which you would think you would be able to guess what the answer is. Yeah are these ones you would never guess. You would never guess that. I was I was like I was like Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides is the most is the most expensive movie ever made and then I was like okay so what um what is it a court, you know adjusting for inflation. So I scrolled down and it's still Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> on Stranger Tide adjusted for inflation and not adjusted for inflation. Um, yeah, that's insane. Which, it's and like um What a waste of money. No one knows about that movie anymore. <laughs> um because like Tangled is one of the most it's on like the top ten, I'm pretty sure. Right. Most expensive films ever made. Which is crazy. Mm. Yeah. At just, least that's good. Just animated. At least Tangled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah. So Terminator Two is significant for this podcast because it's widely regarded as being one of the best sequels ever made, as both a standalone movie and as a marked improvement on the first film. Uh in a podcast about a year ago, we gave the title of Best Sequel to Spider Man Two. And Terminator Two Two Monsters and Unleashed. And Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. Terminator Two is a worthy contender for that title now that we've yeah. both seen it refreshed, you know, as as <laughs> yeah. adults. The last time I saw this was 2015 i think um i remember my power went out at the house in the middle of the country i was living in and all i had on my computer was a downloaded version of terminator 2 for some reason <laughs> so i watched that to put to while away the hours and i was like hell yeah <laughs> nice uh yeah it, it is definitely one of the the better sequels ever made one mm-hmm. of the better films ever made So the idea for the plot of this film actually began with the development of the first, with the then revolutionary liquid metal Terminator being Mm. originally planned for the main antagonist um, that Kyle Reese is, and Kyle Reese was going to be the good Terminator, the bad Terminator was going to be a liquid Terminator. They couldn't do it, so it got jiggled around, and then it it does feel like one of those, um, like fulfilling a promise made by the first Mm. movie, And, and yeah, like this is what they really wanted to do for the first one. Yeah, it's it's taking that first film's scrapped concept, essentially, because yeah. I don't know if we mentioned this, but Robert Patrick's T-1000 is made of liquid metal, so he can mm. move through walls and impersonate others and kind of fall apart without dying. And it's a great... Um, it's one of those great things of, like, taking what the limitations of 1991 special effects are and using that to your advantage, because it's like... Oh, yeah. um, like liquid metal in real life looks kind of like weird at low poly count um mm. and then yeah it's it's like okay what's the most realistic looking thing we can make and then it's like because you know in um like desolation of smaug when there's the liquid gold and it looks like shit but it's like you know yeah. you expect better <laughs> from a film in uh 20 whenever that came out um but 1991 it's like this this must have been mind-blowing at the time because it still holds up because it's not trying to do anything better than what it can do. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, it was it was lauded as being the most ambitious use of CGI oh, 100%. at the time of release. 
Um, so the decision for the T-1000 to be disguised as a cop has been brought up a lot recently. You alluded to it before. Um, this is from this is a quote from James Cameron from a 2010 biography where he explained, The Terminator films are not really about the human race getting killed off by future machines. They're about losing touch with our own humanity and becoming machines, which allows us to kill and brutalize each other. He says, Cops think of all non-cops as less than they are, stupid, weak, and evil. They dehumanize humanize the people they are sworn to protect and desensitize themselves in order to do that job um and this film terminator 2 actually released a few months after the uh, you know if you heard the of rodney king, rodney king african yeah. Af- african-american kid who was beaten to death by members of the lapd um the incident which sparked riots and mass protest was being filmed by an amateur cameraman named george holiday a few months before holiday filmed the king beating he captured some footage of terminator 2 the crew of Terminator 2 filming at the same location. Yeah. Isn't that unsettling? Yeah. Um, and I'll bring this although, up. Although I guess if you I, got like, if you looked at it, you could probably like any film shot in the United States, is probably also the site of a violent police beating. <laughs> That's true. So I'm not laughing at that. Cause it's funny. I'm laughing at that because that, it's sad and I don't know how to deal with such <laughs> a uh, devastating truth. Um, so I, I, I'll bring this up now because I, I didn't write it down. I'm worried I'll forget. So the main Terminator is dressed as a cop in T2. In Terminator Dark Fate, the main evil Terminator is dressed as a border security agent for a lot mm. of it. Um, I, I suspect for similar reasons in this uh, these times, you know. Yeah. So uh, one thing I love in the story is the Miles Dyson story, the guy who accidentally creates the apocalypse, creates mm. Judgment Day. And I like that he's not a bad person. He's just a visionary who doesn't understand yeah. that he's creating. Like, it's, it would be so easy to make him an unlikable character, wow. um, but they don't. You know, I think that's really cool. He has a family, and it's quite it's quite um, Last of Usian when, <laughs> when Sarah Connor goes to kill him and discovers he has a family and she like struggles and eventually they decide to team up to take down Cyberdyne together. Mm. Um, and he does die in the battle, which is sad. Um, another thing that's in the battle is what I think is the best I'll be back in the series. Because mm-hmm. um, as I said, the best I'll be back of all time, potentially. Because <laughs> oh, I don't know. Expendables 2. <laughs> <laughs> so he um it's it's right in the middle of the final battle and that they, they're like essentially cornered and um the Terminator it like just busts out the door and looks at them and says, I'll be back. And um and that's like and you know that's like cool he's gonna go protect us and save yeah. the day not knowing okay imagine okay presuming that line wasn't spoiled in trailers which it very may well have been yeah um n- imagine you went to terminator one in the theaters he says i'll be back it's crazy it's such a cool line everyone's running up to him the line becomes synonymous with the, the celebrity the cult of personality that is arnold schwarzenegger you you go to terminator 2 you're loving it you're having such a good time then he looks at the characters and says i'll be back you'd lose your fucking mind Richard. <laughs> it'd be so fucking cool and it'd be a uh, thor has two hammer no a cap cap wielding mjolnir moment. you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean like i think that's maybe one of the reasons why um it's considered so good is that, that these things that, that have become such cultural um 
it's culturally important since the first one are paid off and revisited yeah. and yeah and and you know like honored because it is a long time between sequels like mm. uh, yeah it, it's people would have been waiting for a lot people would have gone you know half a decade thinking they were never going to get a sequel yeah um absolutely but it is um i do want to i do have a couple of minor nitpicks in this film <laughs> Oh. Um, one one is um a little bit of a nitpick the other one is uh an idea i saw thrown around that i thought would have been cool um so the climax of this film has robert patrick's terminator it's just side um sidetracking on robert patrick I, I i've seen like clips of him you know running and and all this stuff and he looks he's like you know he's terrifying um but then when you just see his face like and he's and he's just talking to to people he's got like such a cute little baby face and it, it, it's it's really it creates like this interesting thing because i guess you know you are part of you is supposed to see like a cop as like a protector and then he's like being uh this nice uh baby face kind of young looking dude uh but then you know obviously like when he's like barreling down he's got like hooks for hands um and and he's wearing a police uniform, but also you know the whole thing, the whole thing fits as well. But anyway, um, in the climax of the film, he's like holding Sarah Connor at you know like you know about to kill her, and he demands that she call out for John. Um, but we've sh- he we've sh- they've shown us earlier in the film that he can imitate people's voices perfectly. So why doesn't he just do it? And then moments later, he becomes Sarah Connor yeah. anyway. And so it's like it's this this weird kind of. It's not thing. like anything particularly hinges well, off that. Though. I, I guess think that's probably where this where it loses the seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But um, <laughs> the other thing as well is that I saw you talked about um, paying off the first film and whatnot. But the I saw apparently one of the original ideas that was thrown out for being too confusing is that the T one thousand would have been played by Michael. Bine, I don't know how to say his last name, but who played Kyle Reese in the first film? So it's like oh, right. they send back this. They they somehow get you know a copy of mm. Kyle Reese and sent him back to kill John Connor, and that could have like they you know could have been quite a fun reversal of the whole thing. I but I think ultimately it would have been too confusing and just been you know too much of a rehash of the first film. But mm. yeah, it's a cool idea. Um, you. That climactic fight scene you're talking about, yeah, that's like the best climactic fight scene I've ever seen. I think, yeah, the specifically the location of it is exhilarating. They're in what, like a steel mill? Is yeah. that what it is? So there's liquefied metal hanging out, <laughs> mm. and it all and it all takes it. place over like rotating gears and cogs, and um, it's just it's it's like the dream location to set your final showdown. Mm. Um, so I really, I really enjoy that. I um, um, forgot to do this for the first film, but I've got a couple of pieces of dumb IMDb trivia if, you, if you're interested. Tell me them. Um, yep. So the first film, and this is um, something you might have to go to IMDb to discover this about a film uh, that came out in 1984, uh, but it was filmed in 1983. <laughs> That's all it says. Wow. <laughs> Do you know, that is technically a piece of trivia, though. Yeah. It's just dumb. Yeah. Uh, and it's in this film, like um, many people have often stated that Robert Patrick's performance as the T-1000 terrified them. <laughs> like, what's the source on that? Like, 
he is good robert patrick um had the the very difficult job in the early 2000s of replacing um david Duchovny in the x-files he's the he's the male agent in the last two seasons of the x-files that's Um, interesting i have no idea refused to return for any of the reunions um (laughs) and same with terminator i guess and he's in spy kids (laughs) is he yeah let me just find out where he is he's in wayne's world yeah uh where he plays the terminator he's mr lisp okay i don't remember he's also in um last action hero there's like they go to their police precinct and it's like all of these wacky comedic duos oh so like one is an animated cat voiced by dan devito and it like gets paired with like a sassy black woman and so it's like they're creating all these like spin-offs uh but robert patrick is the t-1000 is there oh nice yeah he, he, his career's probably got a lot of mileage off that role specifically 100 percent all right, well, Richard, now it's time to move on. Uh, how many years later? 13, 12 years later yep. to Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines in 2003. Do you know who directed this one? Uh, I can't remember. Jonathan Mostow. Oh. A name I looked up to find out what else he directed, and I didn't commit to memory anything <laughs> that he did direct, so therefore... It's probably not very interesting. Um, what do you think that Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines has on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, I feel like it's still fresh rated, um, even though yep. it is seen as an inferior sequel, but it wouldn't be very fresh. No. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's a very funny number. 420. <laughs> yeah, dude. 69. It's 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Can you tell me and the audience what Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines is about? <sighs> Let me just pull up the Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> so, um, John Connor ha- is like living off the grid. His uh, Sarah Connor's been killed. It's 10 years. Well, she, she's died of leukemia. Yeah. So I guess she has been killed but yeah. by leukemia. <laughs> um, and... So now, of course, there's another um, Terminator that's that's coming uh, back. This one, though, is a lady. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, there's the famous story of James Cameron pitching a sequel to Alien where he like came in and wrote on a whiteboard the word Alien and then wrote an S and turned the S into a dollar sign. And they were like, mm. yep. Um, yeah. It's like somewhat um, Jonathan... Uh, Mosto, Mosto. <laughs> um came in and just like wrote Terminator on the board and then just drew a crudely set drawn set of boobs. Um <laughs> and they were like, Yes. Um, if only because- if only the production of Terminator three were as simple. <laughs> would that it were so simple as just that? Um but yeah, because there there's like it's on Instagram actually, and this was it's the amount of people that told me this was the only thing they remembered about this film. Um including me. Yeah, including you. <laughs> so um the the female Terminator uh, the TX. The TX or the Terminatrix. Um it comes uh comes back and she's she's obviously naked, but she gets uh, her clothes and then she gets pulled over by a cop and then sees um a Victoria's Secret billboard and then enhances her own chest area in an attempt to uh get out of the interaction with the cop. Although it, it's kind of just made out like she's like, Oh, that looks good. <laughs> um it's not really like 
yeah it, it doesn't really connect the dots anyway um what's going on with john connor is he another terminator is sent back um the, the arnold schwarzenegger one to protect uh, john connor and his future wife kate brewster uh Catherine, Catherine brewster yeah. a name they want to be just as iconic as sarah as and john, john connor, but john connor not. Yeah. um so anyway th- yeah this whole film is um yeah, just again, just trying to stop Judgment Day, um, because they didn't they didn't stop it in the last movie. They only postponed it. Yeah, even though they revealed in this movie. Yeah, um, but essentially the whole thing is like it's a race against time and whatever. And then they get to Skynet um, because they're like, oh, if we'll go to Skynet and we'll shut it down because Skynet's this big machine. They get there and they find out that um, Crystal Peak, which is the place they're going, isn't like the core of Skynet that they can blow up, but it's a it's like a fallout shelter designed to protect uh, the high-ranking officials and that Skynet isn't a physical thing that you can just turn off. Um, it's like it's, it's a software that's been uploaded to cyberspace and they become self-aware and, and they fail and Judgment Day begins and the... The film ends with uh, the start of a nuclear holocaust, essentially. Mm. So in reference to what I said before about the final four films all trying to be the third movie, um, but take different approaches, I want to sort of dissect that with the remaining four films. And mm-hmm. this one is literally the third film. So it's just a standard third part of a story, threequel, uh, which considering it wasn't aware that the other films would all try to decanonize it um it's relatively gimmickless it's just the third terminator movie um yeah and and, we- and it's one of those things if this if james cameron james cameron could have come back and made this film and have the same like log line and this could have been great like yeah. like it's just it's the thing it's the thing um jonathan mostow just doesn't get it um yeah. and it's like yeah, Neither does I, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> but I was kind of like, um, I, I was genuinely like kind of a little bit shocked by the ending. It's like obviously Judgment Day is going to happen, but you expect happy endings. Um, and I was like, oh shit, like that's actually like kind of a, a cool place to end your film. Mm, I see what you mean, but I think that Terminator 2 perhaps intentionally shot future sequels in the foot by ending it with not only preventing Judgment Day, but because you've prevented Judgment Day, you've prevented Terminators from being invented. So you couldn't just do a Terminator does another thing Mm. and, and keep the Terminator aspect. You've got to link it to Judgment Day. And I think the idea of postponing Judgment Day is just a fucking bummer. It just takes the breath out of the second film. Yeah, it it is, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think this is especially terrible. Uh, the performances aren't very good, and the story isn't particularly interesting. But it's not that bad. It doesn't hook you in the same in, in remotely the no. same way the first two do. No. Um, uh, yeah, like, I, like, like I, I didn't really care for the John Connor in this film, or um, no. The, I do think he's yeah. the closest they've ever cast to Edward Furlong out of the many actors who played <laughs> older Stahl? John Connor. Yeah, yeah, Nick Style. Um, and it was Claire Danes is also in this movie as yeah. Catherine Brewster. 
Um, who else is in it? Oh, the TX is just played by someone who did not achieve stardom from this movie. Like, yeah. She, she, um, so that's 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 a bit sad for her. Um, but, but of course, Arnie's back, which means mm. time for some randomly placed useless statistics. Oh. This is our second franchise in a row, which introduced a character in 1984, killed them in 1991, and then brought them back in 2003. Oh my God. Is this... Um, and also a, a, a character that was created based on dreams in 1984 <laughs> um, and then oh. brought, killed in 1991, killed in 2003, and then has one of the main characters in the 2003 film who isn't um, the one that was created in 1984 go on to star in a reboot of the franchise in 2009. <laughs> you need to explain. Can you start using nouns, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Freddy Krueger and the T-800 were both created in 1984 and, and 1984 mm-hmm. films, Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> and then in 1991, we had Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which both killed off those characters. And then they were both brought back in 2003 for Freddy vs. Jason and Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. However, <laughs> they take another main character who isn't Freddy Krueger or the T-800, uh, which is Jason or um john connor who then in a like reimagining of the franchise because in 2009 we get terminator salvation and friday the 13th jesus christ man you you, are you okay do you know what year it is now (laughs) this was like discovering that the 1984 1991 and 2003 connection was like i was just praying to god that you hadn't figured it out not at all dude well done um yeah wow that's awesome that's great so i think three movies is too long to talk about something without showing it yeah (laughs) that's one of the big problems i have with this movie when you talk about judgment day and the post-apocalyptic future for two movies the third one of them is called judgment day yeah yeah (laughs) the third movie is when people start going oh man i wish we were seeing this (laughs) <laughs> you yeah. know and at one point in the film the t-800 explains that he was sent from the future by Catherine brewster to protect her and john but that it was after he the terminator who's talking right now exploited john's connection to his particular model and killed him um so right. he talks about sometime in the future john connor met a t-800 and was like i can't kill this terminator it's my buddy from terminator 2 <laughs> yeah and then that terminator killed john and then that terminator was sent back and is the current currently was you know reprogrammed for good and sent back um right i feel like seeing that scene happen would have been stunning <laughs> you yeah. know like they, he talks about it and it's like that's a scene that's an absolute scene <laughs> i want to see this happen please stop talking about judgment day show me a movie set in judgment day which they heard my preemptive cries for the next one but we're not up to the i know that'd be a great segue <laughs> <laughs> we're not there yet i've got so much to say about terminator 3 um <laughs> I also feel like this film is too sad. It's too sad for its own good. Um, It can be sad, but the characters and the story does not reflect the true sadness of it. Yeah, like it's a bummer just seeing John Connor, like the leader of the resistance, just get trapped in a cage at a vet that he was trying to get drugs at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, uh, that's a great point. Yeah, and another one is... 
um, to just reveal Sarah Connor died of leukemia in 1997 after she, all she'd fought through is like, yeah. I get that Linda Hamilton didn't want to return, but it's Sarah Connor, man. Yeah. It's Sarah Connor. She died of leukemia. She fought so hard and then she dies of leukemia the same year she would have died from Judgment Day. Well, not that, not not that there's it? an inherent weakness to dying from leukemia, which it feels like is no, what No, no, of course not. It's a weak, <laughs> but it's a weakness in the storytelling, is, is what I'm saying. Um, but I think the biggest um, <laughs> kind of fucking hell, why aren't you characters reacting like normal people, is Catherine's fiancé gets killed by the TX um, and it's made worse by probably one of the worst examples I've ever seen of characters seeming to not care about a loved one dying. We talked about this recently on, um, I think it was the Freddy vs. Jason episode. Um, like after seeing a facsimile of her husband, of her soon to be husband, try to murder her, um, but it's actually the Terminator disguised as, as her husband, and then learning that he was actually killed by her, maybe. Six hours later, she just starts batting her eyelashes at John Connor and flirting <laughs> with him and embracing their future together. Like that would ruin your life. And this yeah, film- well, certainly your day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if not your life, your day. Yeah, it takes place like over two days, and it's like, fuck! You went from being a no-name veteran- veterinarian with a with a a future with this guy to being one of the lone survivors of a. <laughs> of an apocalyptic event oh. in two days you're handling this very well and it and it just it the, you don't see the insanity that would really happen to someone in her character and mm. i it's not claire danes's fault i think it's the the contrivances that the story needs um compared to like how rich and full the emotions in t2 are from all the characters mm. i think this is a really bummer 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 road to take um what do you think I agree. Hmm. Um, Edward Furlong, who played 12-year-old John Connor, if I didn't mention that already, was signed on to Terminator 3, but dropped out and was replaced with Nick Stahl as Furlong was in the midst of Macaulay <laughs> Culkining himself. Um, he was <laughs> had a severe substance addiction. Is that, that's probably too mean. I'm I don't sorry, know, yeah, this... you're giggling furiously at it. Um, I feel bad. I improvised that. My improvisation skills are too dark. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's um, Edward Furlong as well. If you don't, he's like in um, uh, American History X is like his other big role. Ah, true. Mm. Yeah. Um, Linda Hamilton turned down appearing in the film as she felt her character was unnecessary to the story. She said, they offered me a part. I read it and I knew my character arc was complete in the first two. And the third one, it was a negligible character. She died halfway through and there was no time to mourn her. It was kind of disposable. So I said, no, thank you. Oh, that's Um, interesting. She doesn't come back when her character is disposable to the plot, but she um, came back for Dark Fate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler um, So despite having the longest gap between Terminator sequels, so it's 12 years, Terminator 3 actually initially started development in 1995 with James Cameron initially on board, um, which surprises me because it really does seem like he made Terminator 2 sequel-proof by ending Judgment Day. Yeah. Um, but there you go. After several years of production companies dissolving and being acquired by bigger ones and the rights of the franchises, the franchise trading different hands, including at one point Cameron and Schwarzenegger considering buying the rights themselves. Because uh, apparently those dudes are just good friends now. <laughs> Can you imagine them like hanging out, having a yeah. beer together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Cameron bowed out of the project in favor of solely focusing on Titanic's pro- post production. He was working on Titanic at the time, a wise move for his career. Um, uh, 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 yeah. Schwartz 
Schwarzenegger originally didn't want to do the film without Cameron, but came around eventually with Cameron's blessing. This is a quote from James Cameron. I just felt as a filmmaker, maybe I'd gone beyond it. I really wasn't that interested. I felt like I'd told the story I wanted to tell. I suppose I could have pursued it more aggressively and gone to the mat for it, but I felt like I was laboring in someone else's house to an extent because I'd sold the rights very early on. Um, to me, knowing that James Cameron did Terminator 2, Aliens, and Piranha 2, The Spawning, uh, makes me, it's probably what makes me the most interested in seeing his Avatar sequels, because this guy has aced the sequel formula two out of three times yeah. i looked up the ron tomato score for piranha through piranha 2 it's like six percent um so i'm very curious to see how he tackles a third part of a story mm. you know interested um terminator 3 probably has one of the most intriguing deleted scenes of all time hey um, I, 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 this is, i'd seen this long before i'd seen the film right so i don't know when it's supposed to play in the movie but it's like a a flashback to when the t- the t800 is being made and it's like a, a it's sort of like a how it's made kind of documentary thing and you see arnold schwarzenegger jogging on a on a treadmill and he talks to the camera and he's like hi i'm sergeant candy and that is actually how he sounds and not <laughs> me avoiding doing an arnold schwarzenegger impression um and he's got he's got like this thick rich texan accent and talks about how he's the model the the, the primary model for for these robots being built and these these like office offices in the skynet offices uh the, these office these like technicians i should say in the skynet offices are watching this documentary and one of them's like i don't know about that voice and one of the officers or one of the technicians looks at the guy and says we can fix it but he says it overdubbed with arnold schwarzenegger's voice which i cannot do this is a hard concept to explain without doing yeah. arnold schwarzenegger's voice um it is um which leads me actually to dumb imdb trivia oh um so fun well i would have said fun fact about that scene um that the ha i'm sergeant candy is um provided by samuel jackson i've heard that before but uh, according to a piece of dumb imdb trivia it says samuel this and this is all it says <laughs> it doesn't even throw out the possibility that that it was samuel jackson samuel l jackson was not the voice of chief master sergeant william candy in a deleted scene meant for the film the voice actor is unknown but it is clearly not samuel jackson like <laughs> now imagine if you didn't know that it was rumored to be samuel jackson like <laughs> you could replace that with any actor it's like <laughs> Because it doesn't even say. Some people think it sounds like him. It's like, mm. well, Judge, you know, not um, Ray Romano. It's, it doesn't <laughs> sound like him. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me if you want to live, Deborah. <laughs> ah, hasta la vista, baby. Um, yeah. So whenever I remember that deleted scene, I'm like, that's a cool scene. They should put a, put that in there. And then yeah. whenever I watch it, I'm like. <laughs> they probably made the right call not a well, but at the same time it's like I, I i think i don't know maybe it would have felt like a betrayal but uh, the part of me wants to see a terminator 3 that is is true to the tone of that deleted scene you know that mm. that's a little bit self-aware and it's having fun with it um whereas you know t3 it's it's trying to be this this it's trying to be on par with the first two but it's clearly not 
Um, so the last thing I've written for the Terminator 3 section is things I liked about this film, and they're bullet-pointed. Yeah. Um, so Because there's not many of them. So it's like, here's the things I do like. I think a sexy female Terminator feels like an inevitable and valid like idea. Um, mm. I think that's probably what would happen in yeah, this Yeah, it's world. where they did it in, um, in uh, Transformers 2. Yep, <laughs> there you go. Um, I do think she's over-sexualized, though. There's a lot of unnecessary tongue movements that she does. That's like... <laughs> It's just, do it it's just talking, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> now she'll like lick blood and lick yeah, it very sensually yeah, yeah. to, to track the blood. Um, I love the subversion of Arnie's Terminator. So every every movie he he turns up naked, time travels to the past, and he turns up naked and he steals his clothes from someone. And this one, he gets his clothes from a male stripper at a hen's night. So yeah. he's just taking his clothes off anyway. I think that's a great idea. And then he puts on these like ridiculous sunglasses. That's a good joke. That, yeah, well, I think again, that's, that's like it give me a whole film that's that I tone. Agree. Like, yeah. I agree. When you when you said that, I, I it did make me think about that. Um, I think some of the action is fine. Like, it's cool. <laughs> there's a there's a car there's a car chase. And my it's favorite like, yeah, things cool. about Terminator Three. Some of the action is fine. <laughs> That's what I've written. Um, and when Arnie's Terminator kills the TX at the end, he does it by grabbing her leg. She's become just, she's been skinned, so she's just a robot now. And he grabs her and pulls out one of like his exploding batteries and like shoves it in her mouth or something as this door's crushing them both. And he says, you have been terminated, uh, which feels, it's a fun one-liner that we haven't really heard before. Yeah, I think um, there's a reason people weird. don't quote that though. <laughs> mm because they're doing a podcast with a sworn not to do the action. <laughs> uh, do you have any more thoughts on Terminator 3? No. Well, let's move on to Terminator Salvation in 2009. So six years later, directed by Mick G. Uh, what do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? Uh, like 42? 33%. Mm -hmm. Lower than I think it probably deserves and lower than I think the general consensus seems to be for this film. Interesting. Um, but what is this movie about? What is Terminator Salvation about? So this is supposed to kind of pay off the the future war. Like uh, we we saw a little bit a little bit of it at the start of um, Terminator Two. You see, like a little bit of the future. But um, so this is following John Connor, who's like the the leader of the rebellion. He's the resistance fighter. Um, mm -hmm. And played by Christian Bale. Christian Bale, um, who had a great time working on this film. Um, and then you also have Anton Yelchin as young Kyle Reese. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of just like a war movie. It was It's very clearly supposed to be the first in, like, a new series. Yeah. So uh, in the what kind of threequel is this explanation I've got here, yeah. um, while it doesn't specifically ignore Terminator 3, it barely acknowledges it. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard plays Kate Connor, who is John's wife, um, who is maybe supposed to be Catherine Brewster, yeah. but she's Kate, and they don't actually call her Kate in Terminator 3. Um, so I guess I guess that's how they have their cake and have their Kate and eat it to her. Oh. It feels gross now. Um, <laughs> I'd categorize this as Terminator's distant sequel or its new direction sequel. Um, yeah. It's the kind of sequel which reboots the tone and setting, but not the story. Yeah, um, I, and, I think, yeah. like, they're definitely, while this movie isn't fantastic, um, 
I think it was a really good idea. And I think that, yeah. I, again, if um, Terminator 3 had been good and, and ended on Judgment Day as it did, it was directed by James Cameron, you have this perfect trilogy that, you know, ends with this in this quite a dark place. Um, this is how you continue it. Like, you flash forward, see a character we've heard a lot about. Well, I mean, we've seen John Connor, obviously, but we've never seen him, like, in full war mode. Um, and then yeah, do another trilogy that's, like, the future war i mean it doesn't particularly interest me and i've and i've seen people be like what we want to see is like what everyone's gagging to see from a terminator sequel is like the actual future war mm. and it doesn't actually interest me that much but i think there definitely is a place for terminator salvation yeah. or like this idea to be followed yeah, through yeah. Um, yeah, and it feels yeah as you say it's it's so tonally different and it's giving people what they've supposedly wanted, um, and it's such a different and fresh interpretation to the series as opposed to Terminator Three, which felt like an attempt to continue the first two. Um, this is made especially unique because Schwarzenegger isn't really in it. Mm, we'll get to that later. His likeness is in it because uh, um, he was governor while, of California at this time as well. Yes, he was. Um, while Terminator Three's uh, while most Terminator 3s were trying to start a new trilogy, this feels like the most earnest and appropriate attempt to do so. Like, yeah. the next three, this one and the next two, are like, was supposed to be the start of a new trilogy. Yeah. But it's like, this is the only one that it makes sense that it was trying to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is supposed to be the start of a new trilogy, whereas the other two are just supposed to be the start of three more, more films, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the production company who headlined this project went into bankruptcy not long after it was made, though. So, and that is why the trilogy was abandoned. Um, do you think? Do you think? Like, do you think that the ending of Terminator Two? they need some other goal that isn't stopping Judgment Day just so it doesn't destroy the the like impact of every sequel coming after it. Like, mm. do you want to? Do you want to? Like, I'd rather leave Terminator Two as it is, and yeah, exactly, and not right? have the it's sequels. Like, then would have you to like to it. make two? Would you like to make Terminator Two worse so that the bad sequels can be slightly better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So what? What do you think of Terminator Salvation? I don't know. Like, like I said, like it doesn't. It doesn't interest me as much, but like just by default, like the setting, um but you could make a good film in this setting i mean essentially like something like edge of tomorrow um yeah. you know it feels like what this like what this should be you know um but yeah it's just kind of like it just meanders from one thing to another and mm. yeah I, I never really cared about it like super like that much yeah i i tentatively rank this above terminator 3 um, I think it has all the same problems, including the fact that Judgment yeah. Day still happens. But it, and it's, uh, I think that this is a better idea than three. While Terminator Three feels feels more like a Terminator film, I appreciate that we're finally doing the sort of what we're what we've been saying already. Um, so even though even though the Terminator films though, even though they've repeatedly broken budgetary records. I feel like this is the blockbuster of the series. That's such a stupid thing to say because Terminator 2 and 3 were the most expensive movies ever made. That's really stupid, yeah. But but this has so many A-list actors in it. Mm. Um, the music is by Danny Elfman um, and it uses and it's directed by more, Mick G. Mick G. Um, and it uses a lot more modern digital effects whereas the previous three felt like they were pioneering whereas this one is like, in this blockbuster landscape, this is what a Terminator film looks like. This yeah, one what, isn't what, as pioneering as the other three. Yeah, yeah exactly but yeah it is like 
you're just making a futuristic war film and stealing the good fortune that the terminated mm. game gives you mm. and it's like yeah. and, and part of me is like you yeah, know there's a place for that that's fine and there are so many there's so christian bale bryce dallas howard sam worthington yep. hot off the heels of avatar or maybe before avatar i don't well, know be, he would have filmed it probably yeah, but yeah. this um would have come out before it um uh what's it what's her name tim burton's ex-wife oh helena bottom carter helen helen bottom carter's in it common Co- commons in it yep um moon Bloodgood is in it um, it's got so many people in it. It's crazy. It's insanity. Um, so other than Judgment Day, having Judgment Day still happen, I think everything else that's wrong with this movie is it's just dumb and uninteresting. The yeah. character relationships of whatever, the philosophies it communicates are like faux deep. You know, they're like, what does it mean to be human? <laughs> <laughs> because Sam Worthington. So the story of it is like Sam Worthington is from like our time but he was he was a murderer and so right, he yeah. he signed away his the rights to his organs or whatever and yep. then all this time in the future he's now been the basis for like the most human terminator that could ever be made because he doesn't even realize he's a terminator and that's yeah. how skynet tries to win this time um and he ends up saving the day by donating his beating heart to to John Connor who gets stabbed um so whatever <laughs> Sam Worthington. All right, like, Terminator 5. <laughs> um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's facial likeness is used in this film. There is a T-800 that has a, a brief appearance. You can see pictures of it on our Instagram. Um, his facial likeness was recreated with CGI. Did Could you tell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't um, look that dissimilar from like the, the rubber mask. <laughs> no, the, that's true. That is true. Um, a mold of his face was made in 1984. Um, well, oh, it was the, that was made in 1984, scanned to create the digital makeup. Schwarzenegger gave his consent to appear this way due being unavailable as he was serving as the governor of california yeah at the time and one of the weirder parts of his story and so it's a very dramatic reveal um when he, he comes out of the shadow and you see the body and you're like oh shit it's gonna be him i recognize that um shadowy area where a penis would be um <laughs> although if you watch the original film in hd you do see his penis oh you see his sack yeah but um, anyway, that uh, apparently if they hadn't gotten his likeness, John Connor would have just shot the face off it before you see it. Which, if you turn into a joke, would maybe be... Yeah, yeah. All right. Like the end of Shazam when Superman appears. Yeah. It's very clear that Henry Cavill's not there, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, McGee met with series co-creator James Cameron, and although he neither blessed nor denigrated the project, Cameron told the new directors he had faced a similar challenge when following Ridley Scott's Alien with Aliens. <laughs> so that, that was James Cameron's contribution. He was like, yeah, it's pretty hard, eh? <laughs> Uh, the original ending of this film was going to have John get killed and his image would have been kept alive by the resistance grafting his skin onto Marcus, who's Sam Worthington's character, his cybernetic body. Marcus would have then murdered Kate, Barnes, Kyle and Star. I don't know why I forgot to look up the context of that because he's a good guy by that point in the movie. Uh Um, However, this ending was leaked on the internet and so Warner Bros. um, Neville Longbottomed it and changed the ending probably for the best better i think <laughs> um and of course 
the last thing I've got written here. This is the film where Christian Bale had his famous angry tirade recorded. We can do Christian Bale impressions. Yeah. Would you like to to Oh good for best? you? <laughs> oh good for you. <laughs> so Look, you so and I <laughs> you're a good guy, but you and me we are done professionally. Oh, it would break my heart to hear that. Imagine so if you don't know about this, some like lowly scrub on the set of terminator salvation touched something he shouldn't have and christian bale no he was walking the, it was the dop was walking in the background shot was it the dop he was talking to yeah oh my god i didn't know that um so he, he yelled at him shane and Hilbert. got real mad and it got recorded and released um and it's very like if 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 I'd made friends with Christian Bale, and then he, not only did he get angry at me, but he could sense he was hurting my feelings. So he said, "You're a good guy, but we're done professionally." That's <laughs> like I'm not mad; I'm just disappointed. You know, like yeah. that's so much worse. Um, and a lot of people I've read though have said that Christian Bale is actually pretty justified in his his anger and that. Well, it's. It's one of those things like like Christian Bale is obviously the kind of actor who gets like super duper into character and you know you don't want to mm. break him when he's in the zone kind of thing. Um they have they said that afterwards they resolved it completely and um you know that they, they you know they worked together and whatnot. But I think you know it's just like he got he caught him in the in the zone and mm. you know he he just caught the brunt of that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for you. What don't you fucking understand? It's, <laughs> okay. it's horrible stuff. to listen to, but it's also great. And there is a great remix called Christian Bale's at Your Party, which I love that that turns his lines into lyrics, and it's very funny. Nice. Have you heard this? Have I played you this before? Uh, I No, I don't think so. It's like one of the lyrics is like, so it's about just Christian Bale turns up at your party yeah. and ruins it. And one of the lines is, is like, now he's flirting with your unattractive niece. Her name is Cassandra, but he's calling her Patrice. He bought a frozen pizza and he sells it by the piece, screaming, What don't you fucking understand? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> That's Look it up. It's great. Um, all right. Any more thoughts on Terminator Salvation? No. Let's move on to Terminator. That's the theme music, which I love. I love the Terminator theme. Let's move on. (laughs) It evokes so much emotion. It's such an emotional um, track, I think. Um, Terminator Genesis or Genesis, if you're feeling cheeky, because that's how it's spelled. Uh, Yeah, that's how you you said it on a um, soda pop show, and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) This came out in 2015, directed by Alan Taylor, who directed Thor the Dark Yeah, which makes this our second franchise to have its worst film directed by Alan Taylor. (laughs) What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? I know you don't think it's the worst film, but uh, like... How do you know that? Because I saw your ranking. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right, bitch. <laughs> I told Rowan, and I was like, he better not tell Richard. I'm saving this for the podcast. Oh. Not even thinking for a second you would look at my letterbox to count. <laughs> that's so funny that you were like, <laughs> I have to confide in Rowan about this. Um, well, I nearly told you, but I was like, it's good content. I'll save it. Uh, this, like, how good is this content now that it's been delivered? Yeah. Uh, like 20... How old are we? 27. 27. Yep. Okay. What is it about? <sighs> so uh, i guess it's kind of like intended to be like a soft reboot but mm. 
People say that it's not really. It's not really intended to be a soft reboot. You see the events that lead up to Terminator 1 from the future's perspective. So you see Kyle Reese get sent back in time, but then things change. It's essentially the the plot line from... It's very hard to explain what this movie's about. Yeah, I was going to just let you do this one. I don't know why I took the burden off you. And what does Wikipedia say it's about? Yeah, so we we see Kyle Reese go back um, as he's leaving the future and this is the first time we actually see time travel in the in the series exactly um yep. like you you talked about you know show something after there's like five movies that took them to actually show it. these are talking these are talking notes I'm, I'm glad you picked up on them too so yeah he, he gets sent back we see like get like you said what we saw talked about in the first film um he arrives in the past the timeline has been like altered somehow uh in that a t-800 was sent back even earlier to sarah connor's childhood in the 70s and she's kind of grown up with him he's credited in the film as the guardian uh arnold schwarzenegger returning to this not just his likeness pops they call him in the film hmm? pops. Yeah, pops uh and then john connor shows up uh he's been sent back as well uh but and spoiler alert for the trailer of terminator genesis um <laughs> it's revealed well past the halfway well past the halfway point of the film that uh John Connor is actually a Terminator as well. Always well, been uh, turned into one. Yeah, he hasn't um, always been one. And then, yeah. yeah, it's fucking you know. So Genesis refers to what yes. Skynet gets called when Skynet gets stopped. Like so, so the, the Terminator timelines kind of imply that Judgment Day is an inevitability, and yeah. if you stop it, something else will crop up in its place. I'm describing this far more eloquently than the films do, um, but but yeah. so Genesis is the new name for Skynet, and it's a it's an operating system. Yeah, um, that like very, will connect all your yeah fucking social devices, media yeah. is evil that kind of thing. It's 2015. Yeah. We want it. We want these. We want these stories, Richard. <laughs> um, so what kind of threequel is this? Uh, this adopts, as we said, the soft reboot approach where the canon um, reset is almost worked into the text of the film itself. So yeah. the the reboot nature of it is part of the story. Um, this one also uh, mostly directly ignores uh, Terminator 3 and Salvation and is actually referred to as Terminator 3 by James Cameron himself after seeing it um, in a very interesting special feature that we watched today yeah. where he talks about how good he thinks the film is. Um, however... Yeah, I, I saw that a wee while ago. He, he He's since stated that he doesn't like yes. any of the sequels he's not involved in uh, and yes. he's just set it as like a favor to arnie that's exactly it um a skydance who pr- they production the production the film produced the film skydance executive said it's not a traditional remake nor is it a continuation or a sequel nor is it exactly a reboot in a sense it's a reimagining our sequel's different to your sequel yeah um skydance so more like it- skynet what do you think of this movie uh it's it's not very good and th- this is one of those films that um having no attachment to terminator when the trailer came out for this i was like that looks fucking bad like terminator fans must be livid (laughs) and again i've got a few gripes that i want to like specifically mention some are just like dumb little like things like the fact that in 1984 they've just built a time machine um (laughs) and then they get to is it 2017 and they're they're still working on it um (laughs) with like um and then also the fact that, and this is like a problem in a lot of um, time travel movies, is that they go, 
<laughs> you've got a, you've they've, they've got a fucking time machine and they go we have to leave right now so that we can get to <laughs> either 1997 or 2017 and we we can't do both and it's like just go to 97 and then wait for 20 years so it's that important you know um and then they go no no we have to go to um 2017 and we only give ourselves 2 days and it's like give yourself a month you've got a time machine <laughs> um <laughs> And then the other thing as well, and this this is kind of, a, a, I guess, a bigger talking point. Um, so the character of John Connor he is revealed to be a Terminator, and so I'm going to. There's, I feel two ways about that, and they directly contradict each other. <laughs> um, yeah. So one is that like it's it's dumb to see this character be be the bad guy for so long. Um, that this character that we've cared about for you know, all these movies leading up to now. On the other hand, I have no attachment to Jason Clark's portrayal of John Connor. Yeah. Like this, this supposed to be this big dramatic reveal that like, Oh my God, they're going to have to fight John Connor. It's like, I don't give a shit about this dude. Like, um, (laughs) and so that, that really works. Like if, if it had been, if we'd had the same person like we had with Arnie play him through the last three movies, that would be like a jaw dropping reveal. Um, and it, it would betray the character a lot more. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, and, and so it's it doesn't feel like it works either way, whether or not you're you're supposed to care about him that much. Mm. Um, and also the fact that Jai Courtney plays Kyle Reese, like, the discount <laughs> Sam Worthington, who's already a discount actor. Um, yeah. And also, and I've been saying this to you all week, but watching the first Terminator, I was like, this dude... Kyle Reese looks like Sam Claflin, who is um he's in uh Hunger Games Catching Fire and he's in Me Before You with Amelia Clark. Um he's a good actor, he seems like a cool dude. He was at the, the height of his fame in 2015, and it he looks exactly like Kyle Reese. And it's infuriating that they didn't cast him and that they went with Jai Courtney. And they don't talk about it in the film, but the reason why everyone's played by different actors is supposed to be something about different timelines yeah. and different sperms um, cre- create, you know, going into the egg. But ima- ignoring that, imagine being Edward Furlong and you grow into Nick-style Christian Bale and then to Jason Clarke. <laughs> like, <laughs> such a bummer. Christian, no offense to... J- I like Jason Clarke as an actor, I guess. I don't dislike him. <laughs> but Christian Bale. You were Christian Bale, now you're Jason Clarke. <laughs> um, who would you say is your favourite John Connor? Uh, probably Edward Furlong, just because it's mm. like my... The, the best movie yeah yeah that's true yeah it's it's such a weird comparison to compare edward furlong to christian bale as well yeah it's more interesting <laughs> to see him as a little kid than like a hardened soldier yeah. yeah i agree uh so i actually didn't think this movie was especially bad mm, i go. maybe was in a good mood when i watched it um and but at the point of watching it it's my it was my favorite part three so far right dark fate is inarguably better than genesis so spoilers for dark fate but at this point i was like oh whatever i enjoyed the characters i thought the story went in an interesting place uh, more so than salvation and i think it was cool that we were finally seeing missing information again so this is the first um post-judgment day world we see well like we see what salvation was all set in the post-judgment day world but we see enough of it in this film that if salvation didn't exist i'd be like this is a substantial enough yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but as, as you said, it's also the only time we're shown time travel from the other side. And until this film, time travel almost felt like just an afterthought. Like Terminator's yeah. time travel. And it's like, okay, that sounds like a pretty significant technological advancement. And yeah, that you that can just no one is talking ha- ha- about. You know, cobble together in 1984 with scraps. Yeah, yeah. Like it's <laughs> but good point. But it's just, it's such a, it's such a huge thing that's not gone into in any of the movies up until now. Yeah. Um, and so I appreciated seeing that. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a sucker for meta storytelling, but it's cool to see all these characters and the story entwi- intertwined with what we've already seen and changing things. It's not, not in terms of quality it is, but in terms of idea, it's not too much of a far cry from Avengers Endgame. Like it's, oh, you know, re- revisiting classic moments. It's, you know, paying homage to them while also changing them and, like at the at the start of the film, um, the Arnie from the first film approaches the the street hooligans to yeah. ask for their their clothes, and then the current Arnie shows up and they fight, and it looks like shit, but it's a cool moment. I don't yeah. know, I, I liked it. Um, I think that uh, I also thought that the cast there's J.K. Simmons is in it. Yeah. That's cool. J.K. Simmons is, is a cool actor, and I enjoy seeing him. And this was just after um, Whiplash. Yeah, he's the first Oscar winner to appear in it because yeah. Christian Bale wasn't an Oscar winner when he oh. when he did the first one, uh, did the fourth one. Um, and to be honest, I like watching James Cameron's what he says about the film. I'm like, I don't know. I agree. Like, I didn't think I. I maybe I was again. Maybe I was just in a good yeah. mood. But I thought like Schwarzenegger playing with the character in a fun way is cool. I liked the father daughter dynamic between him and and Sarah Connor. Um, I can understand John Connor being evil as something people would hate, but it's not bad enough for me to throw the whole thing out. Yeah. Um, I think the, it is dumb that it was in the trailer. That that was the only thing yeah, I knew yeah. about this film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think this film is begging for some comedy when late 40s John Connor hangs out with mid-30s Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor and no one remarks about the strangeness of, I'm 35 and this is my 45-year-old son, you know, like nobody. Right, right, right. It it feels like this is an elephant in the room that needs some kind of tension release and it's not given to you. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was an interesting sequel. I thought it was very interesting. It's not, it's it's somewhat to its own detriment. It's a more complicated idea than what the last two part threes yeah, like, have been. It doesn't feel like the kind of movie that's supposed to draw a new crowd. Whereas like Salvation really mm. felt like it was like, you don't have to watch the other ones. You Like what you understand from pop culture about mm. John Connor, Terminators, you can just start here. Whereas this is like, it's dumb for fans of the franchise and it's nonsensical for non-fans of the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Now, nah, fair enough. I guess I just didn't, I don't know. I, I was like, it's not, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, it, it's and a I'm very mid 2010s faceless blockbuster. Like, you know how like 2016 mm. was like shit for films. Like mm. this would have just fit right at home in the like <laughs> bland kind of blockbusters yeah. that we got. Um, that you know and and in the same way that like um even though it came out the same year that salvation feels like that kind of like gritty hurt lockery kind of thing and there's just something about the the aesthetic of like um especially this film that it just it just feels so boring i remember seeing um set photos it was like the, the first photo 
of um arnie back as the terminator in in a long time it was like it was a shot of him standing with the others i think it was the ew photos um that they like released as promotional material and it was the the main characters like standing on this overpass Uh, and i remember thinking fuck that looks just flat and it's like (laughs) and then it just looks like that in the film Hmm. and the whole film was just flat and boring and yeah well, would you have preferred it if it were directed by Ryan Johnson, Denis Villeneuve, or Ang Lee? Yeah. They were all approached to direct it uh, when to or to take over direction from Justin Lin um, mm. until Alan Taylor was selected Justin Lin would September. have been great. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, it's hard to imagine. It's what I was saying before. Like, imagine you're Denis Villeneuve or, you know, one of these visionaries and you get given Terminator 5 and you make it and everyone hates it <laughs> like it's like i tried man um yeah yeah i'd, I'd love to see a terminator 5 or, or 6 or 7 that you know has elements of like blade around 2049 and you know yeah. dark fate does have some elements of 2049 mckenzie davis there you go a crucial element <laughs> So, like Salvation before it and Dark Fate after it, there were a couple of sequels planned as well as a TV series based on this film had it done well. Uh, J.K. Simmons' character would have had a more significant roles. The sequels would have also filled in the blanks on how John Connor became a machine. Um, Amelia Clark, who played um, Sarah Connor in this film, I don't know if we mentioned that, uh, said she would not return for any sequels, however. Yeah, apparently this was a, a horrible film to work on. She said that Alan Taylor, who directed a lot of Game of Thrones, was unrecognisable. Yeah. Um, This film was shot at the same time as uh, Fant Stick, the Fantastic Four uh, reboot. And they were like, they shot next to each other. And the production on this film was so bad that the people who worked on Fantastic Four, look into the production of that film, (laughs) made jackets that said, at least we're not on Terminator. I feel like Fant Stick's probably a worse movie than this, though. Un- undoubtedly but also <laughs> you look at the the production of yes, with um, looks so angry that I josh trank um josh trank smearing feces over the walls of the trailer <laughs> he was given by the studio look this up this happened um was a better production than what we don't know about <laughs> terminator genesis hmm. any more thoughts on terminator genesis uh, i do have some dumb imdb trivia um nice. so this um <laughs> i've got two uh it was thought that robert patrick who played the t-1000 in terminator 2 judgment day makes a cameo as a man at the hospital reception area in the hospital fight between terminator pops and john connor and is seen talking on a mobile phone however patrick confirmed that and this is a quote i am not in the new movie very cool thank you imdb and this one i like because it's it's like a um a little kid found out this piece of trivia and then ran home and is out of breath and is telling it to their parent. Okay. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's favorite moments for the Terminator franchise are when the Terminator tries to be human because it's something funny and not action and violence. And the most important thing to the Terminator is to blend in. And when he does, it fails miserably. And that always gets a big laugh from the audience. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think that that is when this movie is at its best is, as the white-haired arnold schwarzenegger yeah. terminator i think i think that's a cool place to take the character 
even though he's playing a different character in every movie. Yeah, yeah. It is a cool place to take that character, I think. And there's this cool kind of, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, it's not really paid off, but I know it is paid off. There's there's like an underlining, um, like through line in this film about um, the Terminator being old, but not obsolete. But then, so John Connor and Sarah Connor, no, sorry, um, Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor have to take a time machine to get from 1984 to 2017. And they have to be naked. Yeah, hell yeah. Yes! Pops can't go because his metal arm is exposed and the machine will rip him apart. Yeah, it's interesting Um, because this is the first time we see time travel. We're just told, oh, no living, no dead thing can go through it. You have to be covered in living tissue. But we find out in this one that it's like, because it's like a microwave and it's like how it treats metal in the microwave. Yeah. Um, And which is how they kill John Connor's yeah. Terminator. And Pops and has to sacrifice himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but and so so he has to wait just all those years and find them again when he's he's old and, and grey. And like they're like stacking, they're like loading ammo together. Him and Kyle Reese and his hand craps out, and he's like, "I'm old." And Kyle Reese is like, "Yeah, but you're not obsolete." And it's just it's cool. It's a it's it is bare minimum. Isn't the hand <laughs> crapping out in um, Dark Fate? No, I did watch those. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure the old Terminator yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is in both of them. Um, but I just thought that was cool, and it is paid off because in the end, um, there's again there's there's sort of this the story that Kyle Reese doesn't believe that that Terminator and Sarah Connor's relationship is legit because he's just a robot. Um, but then at the end, he sacrifices himself to save them by pushing the Terminator, John Connor, into the time machine. And he says, take, oh shit, I nearly did it. That's one I point nearly- to me. No, <laughs> I just said one word. He goes, he goes, he looks at Carl Reese and says, take care of my Sarah. And it's he calls her my Sarah, and then when it explodes, he falls into the liquid metal and comes out improved. And he's like, "I'm improved now." Yeah, well, because also um, he comes out. Um, he calls everyone by their full name throughout the whole movie. That's the first time he doesn't call her Sarah Connor. It's 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 minimal but effective storytelling, and it's not like <laughs> it's, it's but it's not like minimum. it's screwed up. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's badly done. It's just the stuff surrounding that isn't maybe the best anyway <laughs> now it's time to move on to terminator dark fate 2019 directed by tim Miller. do you know what it has on rotten tomatoes <laughs> I forgot the tune um <laughs> like 70 70 percent the 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 watermark of yeah it's all right it's good <laughs> yeah. it's a good movie seventy percent is a good movie it's not a great movie yeah and you can skip it in cinemas but yeah uh, it's not bad what is Terminator Dark Fate about all right this was in, so, I said I said it was in twenty nineteen right yeah you sang yeah. it actually um oh, okay. so that's right <laughs> in the uh, the opening moments of this film uh, we see so this is um a classic uh ignoring sequels movie uh Mm -hmm. jim cameron is back as a producer uh and the story i think was was him um it's so it takes place after terminator 2 a few years after that um they're john and sarah connor are are just chilling out uh at a beach uh when a t-800 shows up and 
kills John Connor uh, and because it's revealed that they just sent back a bunch to random points in times, um, mm. which is like, of course you would do that if you have mm. unlimited use of a time machine. Um, yeah. So then uh, it's now 2020 uh, and a Terminator, well, so a Terminator, which is another one that's like nano, halfway between like nanobots and uh, liquid metal is sent back to murder uh, Danny, who is the new kind of John Connor of the franchise, uh, who is like the leader of the human resistance. Uh, and then also a cybernetically enhanced or an augmented human named Grace is sent back at the same time uh, to protect her. And then um, Sarah Connor shows up. Uh, doesn't affect the plot that much. <laughs> like, I, I, I think you could easily take her out of the film. Um, mm-hmm. And uh she's been killing terminators because she's been getting texts that say like there's a terminator here come in do it for john and then she finds out that those texts are coming from carl who is uh the terminator who killed john uh who's been living a life and essentially became human um and has lived and a human life ex- learns to feel regret for what he did yeah and he grew, grew um, a conscience as they put it in yeah the- and he and he's now makes drapes uh and then it's your typical um you know oh they get like uh detained at the border and it's yeah. um danny is uh, hispanic as well worth mentioning yeah. um and so there, there's this cult of this whole that you hinted at earlier the like immigration kind of subtext to it um yeah. and yeah eventually carl uh sacrifices himself to destroy the rev nine which is the advanced terminator yeah. So what kind of threequel is this? Well, similar to Salvation, it is I would say it's a distant sequel because it's got the It's got Mackenzie Davis on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's got it's got an an actor we haven't seen for 30 years returning and Mackenzie Davis, two elements that must be included in a distant sequel. Yeah. Um so similar to Terminator 3, it also feels like a more on-brand continuation of the tone, um which we haven't seen since Terminator 3. Uh, and similar to Genesis, it explicitly decan Canonizes any sequel yeah. after two. Um, it's the epitome of all three of those attempts <laughs> and is considered to be the most earnest of these doomed third chapters. Um, Cameron himself said, We're pretending the other films were a bad dream or an alternate timeline, which is permissible in our multiverse. <laughs> what do you think of Dark Fate? Uh like, okay. <laughs> it it's it's probably better than the other sequels other than two um but i don't know i think it, it just kind of didn't deliver again it's like the flat direction from tim miller um also it's one of those movies that i like i i wrote a version of it in my head as i was watching it and i liked that one better do you want to share that now i do so i think it should have been so they're, they're protecting danny the whole time grace has been sent back um the the there should have been a twist that and and all you have to do is take out a couple of scenes change a couple of lines of dialogue and then at the end of the film reveal that um danny isn't the next john connor she's the next miles dyson and she was actually the one that was supposed to start um what's called this legion in this movie um and that and you have um sarah connor inadvertently helping the bad guys and she's actually wow. like realizes that oh shit I'm protect I've been protecting the assured destruction of humanity, 
And like, because, uh, you know, it seemed like there were parts where it seemed like that was what was going to happen. You could even do the, the memories Grace has of protecting humanity and being sent back by Danny or, or meeting Danny are like implanted memories because she's this, it's this new type of not quite Terminator that we haven't seen before. And you could easily like rewrite these things, make the bad guy uh, who, as you mentioned, is a like a border security agent. Make him not as like murdery, just very like man on a mission. Um, and you could totally like flip the script and make what yeah. I think would be a, such a more intriguing movie that I think a lot of people and would be talking about. That's such a good idea, Richard, because that also, for the first time since Terminator or in any of the Terminator 3s, it goes, yeah, Judgment Day is still going to happen, but it, it's about that, which is something I've written for my Continue the Franchise, is like, and I'll, I'll just say it now because I have another idea, yeah. is like, if Judgment Day is an inevitability, so to, to reiterate, making Judgment Day still happen after T2 is a fucking bummer, yeah. okay? That's my problem with it, is that it ruins the ending of the best film in the franchise. Yeah. That's my problem with it, right? But if you make the third one acknowledging that it's an inevitability and dealing with that because they don't they don't even talk about it mm. they don't even talk about how fate seems to mean fate seems to want it so that a machine takeover will happen yeah. they never go man we can't escape this no matter how many times we've tried or whatever we've done it's still like judgment day still happens they don't acknowledge the depressing nature of that yeah but i really like that idea because it becomes it's, it's a about story the fact for, that that's a depressing yeah it's it's like there is there is a force ensuring that it still happens um and yeah. that force can be stopped yeah there you go um, because also it's like and i think that maybe it's it's one of those like binging um it's a not made to be binged kind of series but um mm. by the time it got to dark fate i was kind of like oh yeah two people coming back one's to protect them one's to to kill them mm. and it's like <laughs> you know it, it doesn't uh like after one and two and it's clearly they they thought okay well what worked about one and two you have this formula let's just do that over and over again by the time it gets to this film it's like and, and that's why i was like oh cool there's a twist coming because that's the only that's the way you make this film interesting and then they didn't yeah that's a good point man well, despite all that, I do think it still is pretty inarguably the best Terminator Three. I don't know. There's just a yeah. there's just a, a thing a, a, a je ne sais quoi to it that is immediately like a Genesis sais quoi a Genesis sais quoi, which is immediately like I I haven't seen this universe since 1991. Where am yeah, I? Yeah. Um, I liked it. I think seeing uh, Edward Furlong's John Connor killed at the start was rough and yeah. a bit of an emotional hurdle to jump over. Well, again, like, but like, I like it's like you're taking a, a John Connor that we're actually attached to and doing something with it yeah. rather than just Jason Clark. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like that we're getting a sequel which deals with the other aspect of T2. And instead of saying, uh-oh, Judgment Day still happens, though that, that does happen in the film, um, it brings back because because terminator 2 isn't about protecting john connor terminator 2 is about stopping judgment day mm. like once you've stopped judgment day you can just kill john connor yeah yeah and terminator 3 at its best terminator 3 rise of the machines at, at its best deals with what would happen to someone who was told they were destined to save the day and then their mm. future was stopped right? yeah yeah and one of the what i was reading that um I think it was Tim Miller was saying like John Connor in this timeline could have grown up to be like a pencil pushing accountant, yeah. not important at all, um, um, you know. And th that it's there's kind of a, a, a 
sadness to that. Yeah, maybe. I do think as well it's worth mentioning the um so the opening scene with the um you know 1984 aged or 1991 I guess mm. aged Arnie and um. Linda Hamilton and Edward Furlong is the best de-aging or like recreation of a young, younger version of Edgar I've ever seen. I've ever, I've ever seen. I'm glad you said yeah. that. And uh, maybe it's because I was watching it on a TV. Uh, yeah, that, that probably does we, help. But oh my God, they yeah. all look incredible. Like it, it, it feels incredible. like they shot this 30 years ago and saved it for this. I agree. And I say this being, uh, you know, canon on the podcast, I'm very sensitive to yeah. de-aging stuff. Like I can always tell. With this, I was genuinely like, that just looks like Edward Furlong. Yeah. He's the most impressive one. Well, like, and also I think they did a lot of smart things that like Edward Furlong's only really shown from a distance. Um, Arnie's mm. got sunglasses on, so sunglasses they don't have to worry about on. eyes, which are like obviously yeah. being the windows to the soul, uh, one of the, the hardest things to get right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thought that bringing Linda Hamilton back for the first time since T2 also reminds you that she's kind of what's great about the those first two films. Like people think it's, Schwarzenegger or John Connor and it's like well it's kind of this badass lady like surviving against all odds is one of the most appealing parts of those two movies as well yeah I Um, I do think bringing her back is one of those things that like I said she's not um like she She should have been integrated yeah she should have been integrated better and it's one of those things like hey don't worry the uh, dark fate is going to be rated r and it's like just Mm. because Linda Hamilton says the f word a bunch of times yeah and it's like okay yeah (laughs) yeah um, I did like that she uh, that this film is also mostly about three ladies, one of who is a person of color, going on an action adventure together. Yeah, this is this is one of those because um, <laughs> it didn't do very well at the box office. This is one of the oh, right. the right wings classic get woke yeah. go broke um, kind of movies. Ma- fuck, maybe they're right, dude, because this always happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, Captain Marvel only made a billion dollars chicks yeah. um anyway um, <laughs> but, yeah. it's, it's funny i saw a reddit comment that was like um talked about james cameron clearly has views on immigration and stuff they said like you know like ice um the like border security and you know whatever um are like the bad guys in this film and someone was like um how are they the bad guys like they're just doing their job like they shouldn't have been trying to enter the united states illegally and it's like yeah maybe the fucking them doing their job making them the bad guys is like take a second look at it you know (laughs) (laughs) uh you hate to you hate to hear about that that people say that (laughs) um i think that um it's got a pretty cool i'll be back in it where linda hamilton says it Mm. um Earlier on in the film, I thought that was fun. Uh, and Schwarzenegger is very good in this movie. Mm. Um, I think he's very funny. He, quite, he plays, yeah, yeah, he plays quite a. There's a sorrowness to him, having like burdened, you know, lived with this burden of of realizing what he did years after he did it. Um, and he, t- when he says goodbye to his family, he's telling them about it because he has a family now, and he he makes them leave. And he says he's talking to. Um, Sarah Connor about and he said and I told them I won't be back and it's like or oh, that's maybe too cheesy for this movie but I appreciate the the nod yeah um 
and also because another line that's in every film is come with me if you want to live um but in this mm. film it's if you don't come with me you're gonna die in the next 30 seconds <laughs> but it does that, yeah i know but it, that doesn't feel like it's a reference to come with me. 100 percent is i think i know but not it's not it felt it felt very obvious to me <laughs> it took me out of the film it was so obvious I, no, I, yeah that's what i mean <laughs> is that it takes you out of the film because they like why try dress up that line just say the line yeah, exactly just say the line. It's lie. like, yeah, you're not, you're not better than this. <laughs> yeah. Like, you think you are, but It's you're like not. an Amazing Spider-Man when they had to rejig with great power comes great responsibility and to... Your father believed <laughs> that if a person had the power to do something, they had a responsibility. Anyway... Um, so James Cameron famously was involved in this sequel. He was brought on as producer, returning to the series for the first time since T2. Uh, he agreed to produce the film on the condition that Schwarzenegger be involved, which is like, what? Yeah, they Why might. is that the condition that Cameron is like yeah. <laughs> contingent on? Um, Tim Miller felt that audiences had lost hope in the franchise during the the last like three sequels, um, and he was he was hoping that James Cameron being involved would be like a seal of quality Hmm. um he said that he was hoping that uh it was going to be handled at least in a way that the original filmmaker would want that's a fair assumption but i think (laughs) his comments on genesis also prove that james cameron knows how to sell a movie as much as he knows how to write a movie and those are two very different things (laughs) yeah um yeah so uh there was quite, a, I don't know if you remember, there was quite a lot of publicized drama behind the scenes with this film because Tim Miller and James Cameron like butted heads. They like disagreed on a lot. Yeah, which is because um, Tim Miller left, uh, he was left uh, Deadpool 2 to make this movie, mm, but he left Deadpool 2 yeah. because he butted heads with Ryan Reynolds so much. Hmm. So one of the things they disagreed with was um, that. Miller wanted the humans in the future to be losing against Legion while Cameron felt they should be winning, which seems like such an afterthought of a thing to be arguing about. Mm. But Miller said, Legion is so powerful, the only way to beat it is by going back in time and strangling it in the crib, uh, while James Cameron says, "What? what's dramatic about humans losing? What? I don't know what James Cameron's talking yeah, about. Yeah, Tim Miller's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so... Uh, that that was one of the things that was apparently publicized that they butted heads on um the decision to kill john connor came from cameron as well who wanted to surprise audiences who had become invested in the character's mythology Uh, this is quote it's like let's just get this right off the table let's pull the carpet out from underneath all of our assumptions of what a terminator movie is going to be about let's just put a bullet in his head at a pizzeria in the first 45 seconds uh cameron said that john's death serves as a springboard for the story to show sarah's ultimate trauma from which she only begins to recover right at the end of the new film she's driven by hatred by revenge her badassery comes from a place of deep hurt and deep pain and this was met with controversy. This is yeah. easily the most complained about thing from this film. Um, I've got some critic reviews here. Fred Horson from ABS CBN News wrote, uh, by deciding to lose John Connor early on in this one, made the emotional heart of the first two classic Terminator films stop beating as well. Uh, Richard Roper argued that killing John Connor ruined what the previous two films established. Even though Dark Fate tosses aside the third, fourth, and fifth entries in the series, 
um, uh, like a Terminator disposing of a hapless cop. It also undercuts the impact of the first film and the follow-up, which is one of the two or three greatest sequels of all time. First, they get rid of John Connor character in an almost casual fashion. Yeah. Uh, Matt Goldberg of Collider felt that the opening did irreparable damage to the legacy of the ter- of Terminator 2 by rendering it pointless. Um, yeah. Which I kind of understand. I understand. I don't necessarily think it's ruins the. Fi- I think it's. I go back. It's, it's a bit of a. It's a middle finger to the. Mm. To it a little bit. It's the same as as the little girl dying at the start of Alien Three. Like it's, you can't make your beating heart immediately die of the of your next of your last film immediately die because you're throwing out thematic. Yeah. Resonance there. Have you written down what Edward Furlong thought of it? Yeah, he said, um, they smoked my ass. That was the role. I did it for a day. I shot for a day. And yeah, we did some CGI. They paid me. So I mean, you know, it kind of bums me out because I'd love to do a whole one and make a shit ton of money. I would love to do more, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) That's great. He gets it. He gets it. (laughs) He also wants to make money for the first time in years. (laughs) Uh, What's he up to these days? Can we get him a... I don't know. I think he's just hoping he'll be cast in the Terminator sequel that ignores every sequel since two. <laughs> um, so in July 2017, Cameron said that he was working with uh, to set up a trilogy of films and supervise them. The intention was for Schwarzenegger to be involved, but also to introduce, introduce new characters to pass the baton. Following the film's underwhelming performance at the box office, sources close to Skydance told The Hollywood Reporter there are no plans for future films. Mackenzie Davis recently, as of like this past yeah, week, like in the last couple of days, uh, said you'd be you'd have to be pretty stupid to make a sequel to Terminator uh, Dark Fate. Yeah, you have to you have to be insane to think there's yeah. demand. So yeah, any more thoughts on Terminator Dark Fate? Yeah, Terminator Dark Fate. Like I messaged you while I was watching it and said. Um, you could make this a lot better with very few changes. Yeah, I mean, if this was the only Terminator three to come out, it'd be like, ah, uh, it's not as good as the the first two. But it's like, yeah, well, yeah, like if they actually just hadn't made anything since nineteen ninety one, this would be a really interesting, yeah, sequel. Um, but it, it's almost like it's trying too hard to be different to three, four, and five. I think that, um. If you were actually to just make the 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 third Terminator film to ever come out in 2019, it's um yeah, it'd be there is like an inherent problem with making Terminator films now that you're now approaching the years that are talked, you know, and we've surpassed like several of the yeah, years yeah. that are talked about as being the distant future in the first couple. Um, so how would you rank the six films? Do you have that in mind? Um. I think there's somewhat of a like objective or like agreed a, upon agreed upon ranking, which would be two, one, six, three, and four, five. Mm. So, and I, I, I don't disagree with that. I, would say. I go, I go two, one, six, five, four, three. And when I ranked it that way, I was like, huh. So Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines is my least favorite one and it's not yeah. that bad and that's when i realized like this this franchise isn't that bad like it goes from best movie ever to underwhelming yeah i think as well and i mean we'll talk about more this more when we rank that franchise hmm. at the end of the episode um but 
it's one of those ones like similar to fast and furious i guess um or like even the the freddy and jason that like having bad entries makes the story of the franchise more interesting mm. so it's like even though um you know the 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 uh overall average quality of the films you know varies the fact that there are bad ones and it's like oh yeah like being able to talk about a franchise it's like yeah one and two are great but third was shit it's like that to me the is like a good franchise because well that's the podcast right yeah exactly like yeah there's more to talk about yeah and yeah why we love covering franchises on this podcast that are like um interesting stories in their own right not not i'm not talking about the narrative of the films but the story of the franchise um is kind of why we do this and this is a very um this you know you need to talk about terminator when we one day write the book on film franchises terminator blazes a a trail that's maybe not a particularly enviable one but one nonetheless So we talk about titles a lot on this podcast, um, and so let's get some basic stuff out of the way. No, I don't like that they drop the the from the first. Well, it's more I don't like that the first one is called the Terminator, and the and the other ones are called Terminator. The first one should just be called Terminator, um, but who cares what I think? Whenever I say something, I so- I think I, I like the Terminator, and then dropping the the. I don't. How dare it's like the Incredibles and Incredibles. I don't like too. that either. Uh, I'm glad that T2 isn't known as T2 in any official capacity. I thought it was before doing this yeah. podcast. Um, yeah, T2 is saved for train spotting yeah, too. Yeah, um, Terminator Salvation and Terminator Genesis don't have colons, mm. so they are just a sentence. We talked about this with mm. what was it recently? We talked about this on was it one of the Friday the Thirteenth or something like that? So it's like Termin. It's not Terminator Salvation. It's Terminator Salvation. Yeah, it's the uh, yeah. It's <laughs> Terminator <yeah>. Genesis. <laughs> um so that's kind of fun um like terminator salvation feels like it's intentional but terminator genesis just feels like they forgot, it. They forgot to put one on the poster and then they're like oh yeah i guess this is technically the title well, speaking of genesis i i just wish they'd spelt the word genesis it's just uh, it's just classic I don't know, like genesis is such a boring subtitle for a film yeah okay that, we're already like, starting like that, from that level sure yeah but i like that they that it's it's a little bit different and that you know in the world of the film there's a reason it's spelt like that um <clears throat> yeah i don't know i think it's just because your inherent like lack of ability to uh hmm. instinctively know forward. how to pronounce things i'm looking forward to the um, end of this sentence <laughs> is like you're like well it's size i don't think it's size i just think it's it's like saying fan four stick well because it's clearly it's it's like it's generation system or something it's something system um and so it's like yeah it's it's a obviously that's what it is um however terminator dark fate i fucking hate that title it should be terminator no fate no fate it just just, it's just stupid it just sounds stupid when it when it was announced as like Oh, the next Terminator film is... And because it's one of those things, like, again, I had no attachment to the Terminator franchise. I don't care about titles as much as you do. Um, oh, you're coming around, though. I, I do, I, I, I do <laughs> but obviously you're you're more. Um, but, like, the, when they announced that it's called Terminator Dark Fate, I was like, well, you know, it ruined... It's deliberately trying to upset the pattern, I guess. So, like, Salvation and Genesis are both one-word subtitles. But um, Dark Fate, I was like, that's just such a lame... Oh, yeah. ...stupid title. It just sounds dumb. And then I was like, okay, surely it's 
justified in the film but it's just like oh the film is vaguely about fate and it's not a good fate so it's it's a dark fate um yeah, and it, it's just so out there lazy and it's like it's what like a year nine would call their short story and <laughs> in, in english class like mm. it's oh i hate it i i actually fucking hate it wow. and it's it it genuinely brings down the film for me <laughs> and I, it, it, like because of the title it makes the entire aesthetic of the film just boring well, it- and it's and, and, and t- tim miller's flat direction um doesn't help that like it should have been called terminator legion right yeah but again, that's just a boring like. Well, subtitle. they're all boring, Richard. How's this? Yeah. Terminator well, Salvation. Just Terminator the f- Three: Rise of the Machines. Terminator <laughs> Salvation: The Future Begins was originally the title for Terminator Salvation, not Terminator: yeah. The Future Begins. Terminator Salvation: yeah. The Future Begins. Presumably, the trilogy would have been the Terminator Salvation trilogy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I can't think of what I would call Terminator Dark Fate. Terminator, um, Terminator Mexico, like Narcos. Mm. Mm. Yeah. all right well now we're going to move on to one of our final segments of the show which is continue the franchise where we pitch a sequel or a way to continue the franchise but before we do that terminator is one of those franchises that has had plenty of attempts at sequeling over the years as evident by how many third installments and failed starts to new trilogies it has accumulated uh there have also been multiple video games there's a very significant theme park ride that comes up when you're researching this stuff um Mm. and most it's actually like it's filmed by james like directed by james cameron like the interstitials of it um it's at i almost went on it at um universal studios japan however i didn't care about terminator (laughs) at the time and i wouldn't have understood it anyway because it's in japanese (laughs) um most notably though there was a live action tv show called terminator the sarah connor chronicles which ran for two seasons in 2008 and 2009 and serves at yet another attempt at a third terminator chapter um (laughs) taking place after t2 and you know it's definitely not considering the other movies in its timeline um well i mean they only had one other movie at the time it came out um but it's um lena hetty is um yes uh, which and what i think is a genuinely pretty cool piece of um trivia is that uh both lena hetty and um and Amelia Clark, two the two heavyweight actresses from Game of Thrones, have both played Sarah Connor at some point in their careers. Yeah, I think which is cool. like you have to feel feel a bit sorry for Amelia Clark that um you know imagine like in in 2010 you're told like you're going to be the star or one of the stars of Game of Thrones terminator and star wars and you'd be like oh my god and now in 2020 you say the like oh you know the franchises game of thrones terminator and star wars <laughs> and they're like oh god they all suck <laughs> um so terminator the sarah connor chronicles is set four years after the second film and it's about sarah john and cameron Ah, maybe a reference mm. uh who is a terminator that has been reprogrammed to forget pr- to protect john they are uh, being pursued by a terminator named chromati <laughs> who has been sent back through time to assassinate john and also by the fbi uh who you know they're also um, pursuing them who because they believe sarah is an insane criminal uh, by many accounts the series is pretty good and is generally agreed mm. upon as the best of the failed terminator threes like oh. i think people w- want this to be the third terminator 
series like third terminator movie um so thomas decker played john connor as we said lena heady played sarah connor and summer glower played cameron the new terminator summer glower who in 2008 2009 was a very big name in these kinds of things you'd see at (laughs) comic-con things (laughs) um so yeah i i would be keen to check out the pilot for film franchise follow-ups perhaps um, in nice. August 2010, it was reported that a new Terminator film was being developed. So this was before Genesis and after Salvation. Uh, the new film was going not not going to be a direct sequel to Salvation, but an animated reboot of the original uh, called Terminator 3000. It would have been shot by Hanover House. However, Passive 4, the owner of the rights to the franchise, had not given official license. Um, and like some sources say, it's like it was like a... Um, cease and desist or something was said which is insane that that you can have a cease and desist between companies that understand how copyright works Um, (laughs) uh, but i I, an animated terminator film feels like one of those things that i could easily you know and then we watched the animated one for our film franchise fortnights yeah like the animatrix yeah yeah so that i'm not opposed to that idea um terminator this was mentioned in our discord this week but i had already written it down and was so mad when people brought it up at the discord um it's, it's had multiple mockbusters cash in on its success including the indonesian film lady terminator from 1988 the 1989 italian film shocking dark which was called terminator 2 in certain countries despite being more of a ripoff of aliens than terminator and of course the 2009 asylum film the terminators asylum being the hollywood of mockbusters um movies that look so similar to real movies that you mistake them well you don't and i wouldn't but (laughs) someone would mistake the terminators for being a terminator film so i have two things i'd like to see in a sequel one of them i already mentioned which is if judgment day is inevitable i want to see a sequel that's about trying to figure out how to prevent it from ever happening with the knowledge that it keeps coming up in historical you know no matter what you change it still happens that's so depressing let's figure out a way to nip that in the bud right so like um my alternate your, dark your idea yeah um i have two the other thing i would like to see is there is a line in dark fate when john connor is killed um well after john connor is killed sarah connor describes it as he's killed by a machine serving a future that no longer exists and Mm. i thought that was the coolest line in the movie um and Mm. that is very intriguing and i said before about how like because they stopped judgment day you can't just do another terminator movie because they've stopped terminators from being created but this is how you do it like terminator 3 especially if it came out in 1995 or whatever it should have been about term it should have been called terminators and it's just about the terminators that were (laughs) left over and them avoiding them like that is the only way and with that you avoid someone being sent back to to, you know a a guardian and an attacker being sent from the future you avoid the fact that everyone has a naked person time traveling at the start like that it's a shame that it's wasted on a on an excuse to kill john connor because i think i would have rather have seen that movie than than the terminator dark fate or any of these third sequels yeah do you have another idea or was um, you sort of just well so i um i said to you earlier that like uh, off pod that um terminator feels like a franchise that is owed 
take and continue the franchise really seriously, which we often don't do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was trying to think of like other ideas of like where where I would want to see the series. Um, one is like, uh, one is just to do like it could even be found footage, but like set it on Judgment Day, like show us more of like society actually breaking down. And even if it's set now and it's more of the Legion or Genesis, like, right. um ios type thing uh how that would unfold um show us um because we actually in genesis we see the person skynet who's played by matt smith from doctor who Mm. um and it's like he's actually he is um skynet um like uh, a film that's like them sending some them starting to lose and sending someone back um you know so like retold from their point of view um just give another go at like um terminator salvation like i said i understand the appeal for that kind of movie um and then i was kind of like maybe terminator if it wants to continue should just stop trying to be good like just accept that you've created this like iconic villain in the not even as an arnold schwarzenegger um t800 but the idea of like a liquid metal um or like the endoskeleton the metal endoskeleton with the glowing red eyes is like such a great character design that maybe you just need to make sequel after sequel every year um that just involve it like killing a bunch of horny teens that were going to be seal team six in the future and like just accept the fact that you've got an iconic horror villain and just make a bunch of shitty sequels that have like nothing to do and they rewrite the storyline every time but terminator feels like the kind of thing that anyone who's going to take the reins of it is going to try and be super clever and think that they can do something that lives up to tito which obviously they fucking can't do and i don't think i i actually don't know if it's if it's possible to make a film set now that like like to make a film nowadays that would actually live up to t2 um i mean people would have said that about blade runner and then 24 and i think blew the original out of the water but um yeah i i the 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 desire to bring Arnie back and to bring a however old he is Arnold Schwarzenegger back and force uh the the older Arnie's like role into the story um like that, that that's to me what it felt like in Genesis is like they were like okay we've said we can get Arnold back uh let's write a story around why he's old yeah and like it's just. This is a franchise at odds with itself because the obvious answer is actually just don't make anymore. But mm. people don't want to accept that. And not only do they not want to accept it, but they want to hold on to the nostalgia and like they want Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. They want all these things that they are want at to odds with. start with, with a naked time traveler. Yeah, yeah. Them. They're at odds with what should be happening, which is something different because they want something old. Yeah. It's, it's, it's completely kneecapped by what it thinks it has to achieve each film yeah there you go so terminator as a franchise where are we going to rank it we have a letterboxd account letterboxd.com slash culpopture slash list uh and then you can go to slash ff dash ranking if you want to see what our <laughs> where we've ranked every franchise we've ever done so this is our 108th franchise according to this list um some of those are like t- certain franchises split into two etc etc uh, yeah. do you have any kind of starting point of where we want to rank Terminator? 
Uh, like I said before, like the fact that it contains one of the greatest movies ever made, um, and has a super interesting like, um, I like uh, I want to sit down and explain the continuity to you kind of mm. franchise. You know, um, I think it deserves to be quite high i do too and i also think that as i said i don't think any of the bad ones are actually especially terrible which sets it apart from things like um i don't know lord of the rings which has the hobbit dragging it down some like i (laughs) you know what i mean like i think although the the hobbit is separate on our ranking isn't it yeah but it's like um, if you imagine there's like a tether between those two rankings that's how i think of it um so i think is it i mean this is top 10 is it I would say our so, te- yeah. Our 10th, I don't think it is, because our 10th is Mad Max. And I think Mad Max is probably a better franchise than Terminator. Interesting. I think Terminator's better. You think it's better than Mad Max as a franchise? Yeah. Really? I would. Th- I don't think you're being fair to Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mad Max is like, oh yeah, you've got three pretty good films, and then one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> but what's um, the, that's... That's better than what we've got with Terminator. <laughs> Terminator is if you've got one of the best films ever made, um, one that's also really good, and then four of middling quality. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Place it where you want. No, don't give up. <laughs> okay. It's... Okay, so at 11, we've got Daniel Craig's James Bond movies, and at 12, we've got The Evil Dead. I feel like... Terminator and Evil Dead are quite closely linked. Yeah. At four, at, at below Evil Dead, we've got Kill Bill and the Fast and Furious. Is the Terminator better than the Fast and Furious series? Yeah, I think so. Is it better than Kill Bill? Yeah, I think it's better than Evil Dead. Okay. I I don't think it's better overall as a franchise. Okay, AJ, you, you place it where you want. No, Richard. <laughs> Do you want? Would you want to place it above Daniel Craig's James Bond? I don't want to place it anymore. <laughs> this is the this is what we're supposed to do. Says who? This is what do you mean, says who? Well, no one's forcing us to do this. This isn't our dark fate. This is just <laughs> our <laughs> salvation. <laughs> there is no fate, but what we make. All right, I'm thinking then, maybe at number twelve. Cool. Put it there. See if I care. <laughs> Right, so it's it's between Casino Royale, so Daniel Craig's James Bond movies, and The Evil Dead. So it's better than Evil Dead, but not as good as Daniel Craig's James Bond movies. Mm. Fuck, it Casino probably Royale is better than one of the best. It movies probably is made. better than Daniel Craig's. No, it's is it? No, they're actually very very close. I think because you when you mix the, um, the, uh, the like uh, Daniel Craig's James Bond just lows are, de- are lower. You reckon the lows are lower than Terminator? Yeah, no, I would actually agree, yeah. Yeah, Spectre's real bad. Spectre's real bad. Okay, so above Casino... So, okay, we're going to put it... I don't... I can't... I can't... I don't think it's better than Mad Max as a franchise, so I'm going to put it at 11. So it barely misses out on the top 10. All right, all right. Do I have your consent? (laughs) Don't ask it like that. (laughs) All right, I'm saving it. Well, that took longer. I'm probably going to edit some of this out. It took too long for us to get there. Um, 
Cool. Okay, it's number 11 on our list of franchises, which leaves us with one final segment before we go to our post credit scene. You can probably already hear the music play in. <laughs> um, and this is our next franchise, which we're going to cover in two weeks, which has been voted on on our Patreon. They decided what it's going to be. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash copopsha to see what this is going to, what, you know, to, to be a part of this. You can- <laughs> to, to see before um, we announce it right now <laughs> what it is um so the next franchise we're going to be doing which you'll be running richard based off the highest voted from the suggestions from our patrons is in fact the brave little toaster trilogy um mm-hmm. are you familiar at all um it's one of those films that i know when i watch it there's going to be a bunch of familiar images we'll talk we'll talk about this next friend next fortnight i'm sure it's not a very new zealand prolific yeah series is it? i feel like it's very american yeah it's um we had more like um just blockbuster disney movies yeah <laughs> an angel did. at my table um <laughs> once we're warriors like you know like, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> cool okay well that uh, is right. the show for the this week thank you for watching for watching sure i'm not going to correct it you did screen record this um yeah yeah for, i might make a video out of that's confusing you won't want to see what i've screen recorded it's not very interesting um it's for a I, I was thinking of making a video on how to edit a podcast let me know if you want to see this um <laughs> And I'll know that you listen to the whole episode if you say this. But other than that, you can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, the Cole Popshire account and the Cole Popshire podcast account. We're also on Acast, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, all the places you get podcasts. Um, you can follow on Spotify, I think. Yep, you can. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram at Cole Popshire. Uh, lots of fun stuff happening over on those platforms. A lot more casual than our Facebook or YouTube posts. Um, there's also the Discord, as we've talked about a few times. There's a link to the, all these things in the show notes join the discord guys it has become the definitive way to 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 talk about the podcast and to talk with each other it's it's mm. so heartwarming to see friendships being formed within our fans community and rivalries being formed <laughs> um and you can also of course email us at coldpuffshamedia at gmail.com let us know what your favorite terminator film is uh, but other than that let's get to the post credit scene at the end of the episode richard um I'll be back. We'll be back in a couple of seconds. We, we. I thought that not doing an Arnie impression would be a bigger presence over this podcast, but we really just yeah. didn't end up doing it. Do you want to do one now? Okay, you go first. Uh, hey everybody, we got a great show coming up for you. <laughs> not every family would <laughs> would defy gravity for you, but mine would because I'll be back. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening to that episode. Um, one of the worst episodes we've ever done, in my opinion. What do you think? Mm, yep. Yep. Definitely down uh, there with um, Final Destination. <laughs> Why'd you pick that one? Because I hate it. Right. Well, this is the post credit sequence, which will be the highlight of this episode, I'm sure. Um, this is a, a segment brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash uh, where if you donate $5 or more, you can give us a question or a topic to discuss. And today's question comes to us from Ben Close. He says... Uh, hey guys, I'm going to do an old switcheroo and ask something really serious this time. Uh, the question applies to both, but possibly more for Richard, given his line of work. What? Whatever. I have a line of work too, Ben. Um, I've been working in television for about a year now, generally a 50-hour week, if not longer, and I just find all the time that I feel... So- all the time that I feel so mentally exhausted that I don't do anything with my life outside of work, particularly when it comes to working on my own projects and self-development. I typically get home, have some food and chill out with some form of entertainment delivered by an array of light emitting diodes. I feel like I don't have the time or energy for anything else. Do you guys experience this and how do you deal with it? Right. Very good question, Ben. And I, and I'm, I'm glad to, you know, to talk about this kind of thing because we don't talk about it enough in New Zealand. Um, so I had very similar experience to you. Um, went to I went to broadcasting school and then did my internship at uh, a production company, which as a production assistant. Um, and I did that for just over two years until they told me, "Hey, no one above you is moving, so you can stay here if you want." Um, but essentially, you've wasted anything beyond um, your six month internship because we haven't upskilled you in the slightest. Um, mm. But anyway, so I was yeah, 50 to 60 hour weeks kind of thing. And I think a lot of people who don't work in TV don't realize like how detrimental to your mental health that can be and how you can't just say, you know, you can't just say to your boss, oh, I'm being worked too hard. I need to take some time off. Like I, I broke my foot and uh, I was speaking to the, so my, my work officially finished at 6 p.m. and the last bus was at like, 6.05 and the bus stop was like a four and a half minute walk away from work especially with a broken foot um and the woman uh with acc was telling me that she wouldn't give me a um taxi credit because um i could feasibly catch the bus and i was like because she said what time do you finish work and i was like well technically six and she's like oh yeah so you're still able to catch the bus and it's like well no i'm not because 99 times out of 100 i have to work an extra hour or two late she goes oh, i'll just tell your boss that you can like that you need to go and it's like well, yeah i can't actually do that you know because it's so much of it is if you leave early one day you're just gonna have to spend an extra hour or two the next day like it, it's it all rolls over and so i around this time while i was working there i started living by myself for a little bit and that was when i got to the point where i was really like i can't keep taking work home with me with me and it was like and not in the sense that i would come home and i would take a prop i was building and finish it at home but you know mentally you're taking home this stress and everything like that um and it, it kind of goes into what ben's saying here that like you essentially it got to the point where i was like yeah this is too detrimental to my mental health but and i made a conscious decision to stop giving a fuck when i wasn't at work essentially if you're in a position where you can't change anything right now 
there's like worrying what's worrying about it going to do you know so mm. if i have if i'm stressed at work i have a lot of stuff that i know i have to do the next day what i would always do before leaving work would i would just write down everything i need to do the next day and then essentially like putting down my thoughts on paper it often made it look like not as much as i would as i was worrying about and then it's like why well, don't you think about this because it's it's stuff I can only do in the morning, so stressing about it now isn't going to help in the slightest. And so you can kind of just leave that at work. And then, yeah, when you're getting home, um, it is really easily to, easy to feel like creatively drained, especially if you're working in a like if being creative is your passion, and then you're working in a creative field. And then the last thing you want to do when you get home is is finally start writing your screenplay or whatever. Um, and yeah, I think you just have to like kind of work on compartmentalizing your life a little mm. bit where it's like um, leave work at work and try and really set yourself like what the difference between your like work creativity that you're forced to do and what you're passionate about is and yeah, just be able to make sure that they don't cross over. Yeah 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 that's that's thank you for sharing that man i'm a i'm a big believer in um not not making your work your identity although i say that's that's what's right for me if you really mm. love your job and that and you're a career person and you're you re you want to focus on your career i don't know if that's what you are ben but then yeah do that just do, that's fine like if you yeah. if you're a i don't know if you're a teacher or, and you and you are really passionate about it then and you, you're okay with taking your work home with you that's all good um Personally, I only want to do what I'm passionate about, and what I'm passionate about is Cole Popshire, and so I want to do that. Um, and so I will do the my allotted hours, and then I will wa wash my hands of it and come home and not not think about it. You know, if I'm outside my allotted hours, um, and yeah. that I don't know that that works for me, um, and I understand that it might not work work for everyone, but it's that that's what i try to do and i try to not let um having a job be the thing that is about me um and i've i've worked jobs where i've had co-workers who like our job or the place we worked was the occult popshire right mm. and so they treated it the same way i treat cold popshire and they would want more out of me and i'd just be like Nah. Mm. <laughs> so i would say unless you it depends how much you like your job I mean, I, yeah. I'm always I'm always a big believer in quitting your job if if it's upsetting you to a huge degree. I would I get really excited when my friends talk about how they're thinking about leaving their job, and I'm like, yeah, man, do it, do it, leave your job, uh, <laughs> because I think it's one of the best feelings in the world to leave behind a a bad situation or a situation you're sick of. Um, yeah, and it's not easy because you do have to make money, but um, I'd say follow follow your passions, and if if work is getting in the way of your passions in a big way, then prioritize, work out a way that you can leave the job and keep the passion and still get yeah. paid whatever way that is. And I think you're just referring to specifics in your question, Ben, as well. Is that like, um, yeah, the, the feeling of mental exhaustion you get when you come home, like, yeah, just think about what, what reinvigorates that for you and make sure you make sure you are doing that. Um, yeah, porn. because jacking yeah. off. Yeah, look at lots of porn. 
no, but seriously, yeah, I, I hope that that kind of answers your question. And um, yeah, I think another thing, just this is a really long post credit scene, but it's something important to talk about. Um, what you're talking about with like your job being your identity, if this is a problem, not just for you, Ben, but anyone out there listening, I always find that if you don't like what you do, um, when people asks you ask you what you do, don't like so. For instance, I work at TVNZ. I'm a I'm a video editor. I don't. I wouldn't say, um, oh, I'm an editor. You know, it's like oh, I work as a video editor. You know, mm. because you're not saying this is my this is my identity, and I'm tying it to what I do for a living. Because you know, you're more than that, and you d- you don't want to let people. I mean, it's different for different jobs, but like, people shouldn't just compartmentalize you because you say because I'm an X and that's my identity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 